Welcome back to the Science Fiction Film Podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Matthew. And on this week's episode, we are discussing Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves from 1991, directed by Kevin Reynolds. We're back, and it's time, Matthew. It's time to talk about the most British, the the. British hero that we need, mm-hmm. the British hero that we need for a movie poll that we gave to our members, which beat out all the other British people, because the true Brit, <laughs> the true British man, as we know, is none other than the lovely and beautiful Sir. Don't forget, Sir. sir. Don't forget, Sir. <laughs> sir Kevin Costner. Kevin right? of House Costner. Thank you very much. Don't fuck it up, Dean. Kevin, Sir Kevin, Sir Kevin Michael Costner, <laughs> born January 18th in Linwood, California, the third child, mm-hmm. uh, Southern California. And guess what? He doesn't give a shit about your silly accent. He sure don't. He, he doesn't, doesn't give even a fuck. try it. Guess what? He doesn't care at all. And nah. it's awesome because that's what happens when you win the war. You don't have to do the accent. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Okay. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Couldn't be more American. He's from California. <laughs> the and, sunny, sunny state. And, and just to be clear, Matt, just uh-huh. to be clear, buddy, here is what was in the poll. Gangs of New York. Nah. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah, piece of shit. Uh, the Patriot. I and mean, that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Hot fuzz. Oh, love me some hot fuzz. Couldn't get more British. Very fucking British. So we got tea. We got corgis, right? We got <laughs> fucking biscuits. What are they? Scones. That's one of them. Yep. That's right. And I'm sitting here with me brother. Me brother. That's you, Matthew. Mm-hmm. You're, me, you're me brother, mate. Even though you're a bit of a pill. You're <laughs> a bit you're of a pill. You're a bit of a pill. You're still my brother. Even though you're a bit of a daft cunt, <laughs> I still love my brother. It's my brother from another mother. <laughs> Christian Slater. And his mother was a doctor, mate. A fucking doctor. A bloody doctor. Anyway, we're here yeah. and uh, we're talking about the most British of all those movies. The lovely and beautiful Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Matthew, 1991 is the year. Imagine my surprise mm-hmm. when in 1991... I see the preview for this movie. Just think about it. I'm a sophomore in high school. I'm starved, Matthew. Starved. I've watched, at this point, Conan the Barbarian hundreds of times. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, what the hell did you have between this and Conan? Mm, how much? Beastmaster. This, this, I mean, Excalibur, there's a few. But this was, it was time. I was in high school. It was going to be a new movie with, you know, real choreography. And it's going to be great. And uh, I went to see it in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. I went to see it in the theater with my brother. And uh, I didn't go with my brother. But, um, and uh, boy, was this incredible. In 1991, Matthew, it was incredible. And I was really nervous about watching this movie again. And uh, I can't wait to talk about that. But I'm going to stop myself because I've been prattling on. Prattling. And I'm going to let you say a few words into your microphone. 
All right. Well, and by the way, know, we're going to do yeah. our best to destroy, seek and destroy all things British accent today. And um, <laughs> that's just the way it's going to go. There's only like two British accents in this entire movie, so we got to do. We got a lot of legwork. I don't know do. any of them. I don't know them. I'm just going to do my Jason Statham sort of London thing that I'm terrible at. That's all I got today. I'm See, not gonna... I like going for the whole "I'm a chimney sweep in the woods" though kind of British accent. Well, oh, you call me a fucking tree. Well, that's kind of well. You're, are you kind of describing Cockney? Isn't that kind of what Statham Man, does? Yes, that's Cockney. Yeah, but yeah, he does. He does do Cockney, doesn't he? He kind of I does. don't know. The East dialects. London, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. East London. I'm sure we will be corrected by our vast, our oceans of British listeners, Matthew. Oceans of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're on top By of the them. way, for some reason, and I don't know why, probably because somehow PC culture has not infected Britain as it has the United <laughs> States, <laughs> which I'll be forever grateful. I mean... Don't get me wrong, they're fucking silly too with their ding-dong politics just like everyone else is. But uh, they, um, we are always in the, in the top 200 in TV and film over there. Always, constantly. It's beautiful. Thanks, fellas I wish I could say the same about the U.S., but it's not. We're in and out of the U.S. one. In and out. In and out. <laughs> no time for the out and out, love. Just here to check the meter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So thank you to all of our lovely British listeners. Please understand always. that everything we do in the way we're going to uh, break your balls is uh, is uh, is all from the heart. Everything we do, we do it for you. And I've took, oh boy. <laughs> and Come on. if you search your heart, you know it's true. <laughs> Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Poetry. If you look into well, my eyes, British listeners, you will see what you mean to me. So, go ahead, Matthew. Well, Robin Hood... The Prince of Thieves. I grew up really fucking loving this movie, man. Um, for me, it's, it's another one of those weird times where, even though you know we have a, an age difference between us, we kind of saw the same movies in the same order. Like I definitely saw Conan first, and was all like, that was my sword play movie for a long time. Where I was like, fuck yeah! When I'm thinking of holding a sword and I'm playing around with my friends or doing sword fights and being fucking dumb boys. I'm thinking about Conan. Like that that was the movie for me. And honestly, and we've talked about this some before, not too many other sword play fantasy action movies really up until like Lord of the Rings or Gladiator, um th- that kind of realm, that era. Until that came along, I was still kind of just like, "Eh, I'll just keep watching Conan." And also to a lesser extent Conan the Destroyer. But I discovered Robin Hood and watched this movie and fucking loved it as a kid. I got to admit, coming back to it this time, I was a little, just like you, a little bit concerned. And um, I don't think I'm as high on it as you are, uh, interestingly enough. And I don't know quite exactly how high you are on it yet. There's a lot this movie does really fucking well. Um, And I can't wait to to get into the shit that I think is really strong in here. Um, And then there's some other stuff that gets real fucking weird, man. Uh, Really odd. And I think it comes back to it Let's dive into it. Let's dive into the weird. Let's go. Dive into the weird? Let's do it. Hey, <laughs> this is another one of those times where I think one of the oddest things about the whole movie, and I feel like this has been happening lately with movies we've been coming across, uh, strangely inconsistent tone. Where big I'm time, like, big time. 
where I'm like, is this supposed to be? Because also in my mind, and this is totally from me seeing it as like an 11 year old boy and taking it very seriously. This is like the serious Robin Hood movie. There's that bitch ass Disney shit, and then there's Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, and he fucking kills people, and there's blood. And I kind of had it in my mind all these years. I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. That's like the deadly serious. He's fighting and kicking, and and it's just like a badass fighting movie with like some romance in it and everything. But it's mostly a Ah, I'm fucking charging out of the woods to kill all these bastards who are protecting this evil sheriff, right? No, <laughs> this is an oddly kind of fairy tale esque. Like we're kind of aiming for twelve year olds, but then also we get real fucking dark out of nowhere, and and we do get really violent. But then we just like whiplash right back to like, ah, me and my silly friends goofing around. Well, we tripped over a log. Let's all have a laugh. And I'm like fuck in that other scene you just cut a guy's throat like shit it's getting a little fucking all over the place um and i don't quite know how to feel about this movie like there's a lot here i enjoy for one alan rickman steals the fucking show uh he is so much fucking fun to watch in this movie dude my biggest laughs my biggest enjoyment honestly throughout this entire movie was all of alan rickman's parts all of his scenes they're fucking outstanding um and evidently he refused to be this part like three times in a row until finally he basically asked them like, give me carte blanche to do whatever the fuck I want with this character. And you can't tell me no, then I'll do it. And that, and they gave that to him. And I'm like, that was a wonderful choice. <laughs> that was fantastic. I mean, he's insane. He's chewing up scenery like a fucking human wood chipper, but it's fantastic. It's so good. I want to um, talk about, can we, can we pause on Rickman? Yeah. Alan Rickman. Great fucking actor. RIP. Oh Yeah. Hey, real quick though, uh-huh. might be part of the reason we got tonal shifting in this movie. I, I like he's agree. so goofy. He's, he's great. He's, he's, he's so, dude. He's so complicated in this movie. He's so great, but he's so goofy too. Like he's weird, man. In, oh yeah. In, in, in like, it, what fucks me up about this movie is I love Michael Wincott. Oh yeah. He's a great character actor, a, a, a super memorable character actor from the nineties. Come on, damn you! There are only three of them, right? That guy, <laughs> that voice. Are you shitting me? the rules, boy. And he doesn't. Okay. He doesn't. That guy is a bad guy. He's scary, mm-hmm. and he's scary in this show too, in this movie. And then Rickman really is this odd counterpoint to him, and then he kills him so early, leaving Rickman the sole bad guy. Yeah. Which. I don't, it, it, it's really weird. I, I would have expected, I would have expected something more from, from him, from Michael Wincott. I think, I feel like they killed him a little too early. I like that. It was surprising in the movie theater when he stabbed him. Cousin, right? <laughs> and and he like, wow, stabs him. really fucking evil. And he stabs him home. and he kills him. But, but it's weird because it's, it's, there are times where I go, I, I kind of cringe, and I hate using that fucking stupid word, but mm-hmm. I kind of cringe at Rickman a little. And I love fucking Rickman, man. I love, I love the guy. I think he's great, and I always loved Rickman in this movie. And I, it, it, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of tonal problems with this movie. Um, you, you have, you have sometimes there is, man. There's so much to talk about in this movie without even talking about the scenes. First of all, <laughs> there's so much swashbuckling that we have been talking about, and there's so much good yes. swashbuckling in this. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, there's there's 
the the action scenes are great. They're great. I think they're great. The fighting really works for me. There's only maybe two moments where they're kind of goofy. Right. Um, when they shoot somebody over the wall in the catapult, that's dumb. But yeah. <laughs> for the most part, Kevin Costner is a great physical actor in this movie. That I agree with. Um, I do think he, he pulls off the fights and the actual, the swinging from ropes and firing arrows. All the scenes where he like whips around firing arrows, they look really fucking cool. That's, that shit is badass. Um, the thing that I think also makes me lean towards, if I'm, you know, looking onto, what am I going to grab onto, grab hold of in this movie to like really enjoy and like really get more enthusiastic about, I think it ends up being Rickman for me because he's just fun to watch. And it's partly because, to be honest, when it comes to Kevin Costner, and his more dialogue-driven scenes, I think he's I think he's not charismatic enough to pull it off. To be totally honest with you, I'm not sure if he's he's got the gusto for this role. Um, and he pulls like it's weird because he pulls off the physical stuff. Like I believe him when he's fighting, and I believe when he when he stands up and does the speechifying on a, on a log. I'm in. I'm there for it. But in some of the other scenes, I'm like, I don't know. He just kind of seems like half awake a little bit sometimes. Where he's like. Oh, well, you don't really think that's the case. Oh, okay. Like, he's like almost like half talking. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I like the character, though. Like, I, I like the, um, I, I like that he has this. One of the things this movie did, remember, 1991, I'm a, I'm a very young man, and I'm really, and we've talked about this before, I'm really gravitating towards fictional characters that I feel like have really good moral compasses. And I feel like he really right. does in this. Yeah, that like, I agree with. Yeah. There's an honor to him that I found very refreshing. He's very good, right? He's a, he's a very good character. There's no moral gray. This is not Game of Thrones. He's a very good character. Azim is a very good character. And I like that. I, I kind of like the classic hero, damsel in distress sort of thing. There, there's that part of it I liked. I, I don't care that we didn't get subtlety in that kind of stuff. There are moments where I feel like th- there's moments where you know he's he's darting around like when like at the end when they're with, with the with the ropes and the hanging and the way he darts around and guys are swinging at him, but he's so focused on like freeing them. Like that that's really good action acting to me. He's just so focused on doing something that he won't be distracted in in. You know, Kevin moves well, I think. I think he did a good job physically in this movie. Um, and, and so did uh, so did our guy, fucking Freeman. Now, you know, this is one of my earliest memories of Morgan Freeman as like this badass guy. And yeah. uh, I love that he gets qu- kind of, it's funny because, you know, this predates Braveheart and he gets the really cool speech. He gets yeah, it. Robin true. Hood doesn't really get it. And I kind of thought that was awesome. And, um, you know, I like that. I, I like that even though there's some goofy stereotypes in this, I, I do like that they're trying to sort of, it's almost like they're saying, you know, he's, he fought like 20 nights. He's amazing. He's, he's great. It's almost like saying it's cool. You don't have to be afraid of the people in the desert kind of thing at the same time. Like there's a little bit of that too. Like it feels, yeah. it feels like these tiny little bridges in 1991, that was kind of a thing, you know? And um, yeah, it's, it's, this movie starts very seriously, man, and it's the two D. It's the two D paintings, the very medieval looking paintings, and that 
The score is not fucking around. Michael that is Kamen something this movie is, gets 100% right. It, it the is, score is it, fucking fantastic. It's so good, it became the Morgan Creek little intro. That jun 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 When you go to see other oh, movies yeah. in the theater. They used it for the goddamn movies in the future. It was so good. You know, movie <laughs> trailers used to do this thing, and it was only like, maybe like 2006, 7, and 8, where you would go watch a movie and they would play music from other movies in the trailers. It was such a weird time. I do um, remember that. Do you remember yeah. that? that like, remember they used to use the Requiem for a Dream song. Right. Fucking trailer. And I was so, and you know me, I'm such a nerd when it comes to scores. I'm like, that is from a different movie. What the mm-hmm. fuck? Why are they doing it this way? Or um, I'll, always, I'll never forget the 300, uh, the 300 uh, preview, which was Nine Inch Nails. You know, it was really cool. I was like, wow, that's cool. he kicks the guy into the pit i was like oh that's that's wild and it's not in the movie at all just in the preview right but we're kind of all over the place i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is that i rickman looks great he's he's he he has such great moments i don't i'm not i i don't have the guts nor do i really think i have the 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 evidence to make a claim that I think he's bad in this movie. I think that's kind of an outrageous statement. I do think that there are times where he's really, really over the top bananas. And I think because of that, it does lend a bit to some of the tonal oddities in the movie. Oh, um, I agree there. I, yeah. I like some of it. I like the, I, I, I like when he, I, I always feel like they're trying to do this thing with the sheriff of Nottingham and they have forever and that's make him kind of a buffoon. <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah. almost like he doesn't know what to say. He gets hung up on the words. It's he's, he's performing at times. I feel like as if he has Tourette's like, like that kind of shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I feel like that. I, I, just I like know can't I can't quite get it out. Correct. I know I sound like a fucking dumb Klingon right now, but my point is, I feel like there are times where he has this like Tourette's like performance, and and I'm like, it's it's so it's really weird watching it now. When I was a kid, I laughed my balls off. Why not with a spoon? It's dull. You twit. It'll hurt more. That's hilarious. So uh, that's that's such a classic line in this. There's so many classic lines in this. Um, but but honestly, man, I I think. I think I'm probably higher on the movie than you are. It was definitely, I'm definitely higher than I anticipated. And, and, and I'll tell you what was always in my head. I was always thinking, oh, Kevin Costner, you know, with the, with the disregard of the accent and blah, blah, blah. And he's been in some shitty movies and some good movies too. And, and I've even said, like, I'm on record of saying, I don't know if I'm a huge fan. Like, I love, you know, I love Bull Durham. Um, I guess Field of Dreams. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple movies. And I always, I, 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 somehow my memory of this movie was really corrupted over time. I haven't seen this movie in easily a decade, easily, if not longer. I wouldn't be surprised if it's been longer, to be perfectly honest with you. No, it's been a and long time for me. I think Kevin Costner's pretty good um, in, in the beginning, in the, in the moments he has with Azeem. There's moments where his elation to be home, I'm, I'm, I was watching it this this evening, and I was like, this is cool, man. Like, this guy was in Jerusalem. He was gone for all his time, and his joy being home, it just kind of feels good. Like, I feel like Kevin Costner loves this place. He 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 loves his life. He's a, he, he kind of has that to him. Um, there are moments of 
straight dialogue where he might be talking to Marion or might be monologuing a little bit where you go, eh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about this. Yeah. But, but a lot of this early stuff with him and Azim, I thought was good. You know, uh, we, we talk to our women, we don't drug them with blunts, right? That kind of shit. I like, I like this fun dialogue, getting to know each other and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I would say, I would say I'm probably more high on it than you at the outset. Um, despite the fact that there are some really goofy things. Now, I had to watch a two-hour and 24-minute version. Never seen it before. Ooh. Wait, so, wait. The the version I rented, it, it said it was the director's version, and it's two hours and 35 minutes. Okay, that's that's what I watched. Okay. All right, cool. And evidently, so, the, I, from the best I can tell, there's not a lot of info out there about it, but the only things that's really different between, I guess, the theatrical version and this version now is the addition of that scene towards the end. There's a couple. Where there, oh, is there? I, I, yep. The only one I could find was this one, that it was the sheriff finding out the witch is his mother, that that yep. wasn't in the theatrical cut. Should have left it out. Cannot wait to get to that. Should have left it out. You know, funny thing is, when I was talking about how much I, I enjoy Alan Rickman, just watching him as the sheriff, I would say the other very odd tonal things about this movie that are not directly his character but kind of relate to it is the fucking witch, his witch mom, which is like, okay, that's weird. And then the devil worshiping shit, standing on the, like the, the fucking pentagram on a table. Like what's with this devil shit? Completely forgot about that. And that has got to be some like nineties satanic panic shit seeping into the movie. I I think it is. Now I I'm going to say, I think it, I don't know if it has a place in this movie, but I, but if I said to you, Matt on paper, Mm-hmm. We have this sort of corrupt, this corrupt medieval sheriff, and he has corrupted. And there's this corruption within the church, and there's this corruption with him, and it's and it's satanic or demonic in origin. That seems pretty fucking cool, like on paper, right? Like the idea of the corruption of the church, the corruption of this guy in the heart of England, right? It's creepy. This powerful guy who is in league with Satan, so to speak. That kind of right. sounds interesting. It's just not executed particularly well, and it's and it's very goofy, oh, and that's yeah. the problem. But you might be right about the satanic panic, but that, a lot of that shit was left out. We knew that he consulted with the crone. We didn't know it was his mom, yeah. and we just knew she was a creep and a weirdo, like kind of lurking over his shoulder and, and just scary and gross. But, was, right, but also just that whole addition in and of itself, a fucking weird witch oracle figure that he gets. I'm like, that is a weird addition to Robin Hood, but okay. It God. is. It is. It definitely is. Um, I think they were trying to give us a reason as to why he was just so evil. Mm-hmm. But I hey, do you want to hear the craziest fucking fact about this movie that I yes. like? Yes, yes. And, and it is not intentional. Like, it's not like Kevin Costner or the writers or the director or anything like knew this exactly, obviously. But weirdly enough, him, Robin Hood himself in this movie, not speaking with an English accent, is technically more correct than if he had been speaking with a modern-day English accent. Evidently, like, linguists have been talking, basically agree that the accent he would have had in that, that like, the 12th century England would have been closer to an American East Coast accent than modern-day English. Interesting. Isn't that fucking bizarre? So, in yeah. a way, it's actually more accurate <laughs> that he speaks this way. That's really funny, dude. It's fucking bizarre. So I'm like, well, and I guess it is a good choice that you didn't give a shit or just didn't want to. <laughs> kind of works out in a weird, historically accurate way. That's really funny. So a quick little aside, as you were talking about him and talking about accents and talking about Robin Hood, um, 
the the beautiful Jonathan Butters, he put up a Who is the Best Robin Hood poll uh, just for fun. And um, I'm looking at it, and uh, the the choices were... (laughs) I feel like I know the winner. The choices were Harold Warrender, right, Ivanhoe, Errol Flynn, Adventures of Robin Hood, Sean Connery, Robin and Marion, Kevin Costner, Prince of Thieves, Carrie Elwes, Men in Tights, uh, Crow, Ro- uh, Robin Hood, uh, Edgerton, Robin Hood, the newer one, and then Disney Ugh. Fox. All right. Who wins? <laughs> I want you to guess who wins. Disney Fox. 100%. <laughs> Dude, 100%? That's still what I think of when I think Robin Hood. When I, you say so, the name Robin Hood, I think that fucking fox. So this in second place, Carrie Elwes at 25%. So Hell yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh fuck! I that'd be it. like that'd be like if you ran a poll in the in, in the UK and you're like, who is the best George Washington? <laughs> and you picked a cartoon <laughs> and then a spoof. <laughs> it's so fucking so crazy. Disrespectful. Ah! Yep, yep, pretty crazy. So I thought that you'd get a kick out of that. Uh, Harold uh, Warren and War- Warrender, Jesus, got none. <laughs> He got less than Edgerton, which is sad. Dude, Edgerton got one. Yikes. 1.9.2%. Hey, haven't seen that new one, but boy, howdy, does that thing look like dog and, shit. And let me just tell you who number three is. Oh, please. Our three is Costner. <laughs> nice. Dude, coming in strong at Browns. Huge middle fingers to Britain. Really funny, right? Big. Just big waving middle fingers. I think it's kind of hilarious, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh man! I mean, in their defense, Carriel was Carriel. Carriel was is from London. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. At least, at least second place is from London. And uh, yeah, I don't there's know. a Brit in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, let's see who voiced Disney uh, Fox Robin Hood. Right? <laughs> I have no idea. Nah, let's see. Uh, Brian Bedford. Let's see where he was born. Just to, uh, just to Bedford. really make... Oi, we got a little to, bread and breakfast up in Bedford. Just to make it, just to see, just to see. He is from, born, ready for it? Oh, Yorkshire. Baby. Yorkshire. He's from England. So there you go. At least your top two were born in your country. There you go. See? So there's that. See that? Maybe not so disrespectful. It all works out. All works out. We haven't made an American bond yet. It's fine. Yeah, it's true. Well, um, I do want to, uh, against my better uh, copyright infringement just judgment, I do want to play a little bit of the opening of this song and, and write the ship a little and get us, mm-hmm. uh, uh, get us to start talking about the movie proper. But let's have a listen to some Michael Kamen. Such a good score. Yeah. God, the score I goosebumps literally no problem with. It's excellent. Instant goosebumps. It's so good, dude. Michael Kamen, uh, R.I.P. The world, we, you know, we like to suck the dick of, uh, of our boy Hans Zimmer. And, and we should. He's a great composer. He deserves it. Michael Kamen is a great composer who yeah. died pretty young. 
He was 50-something. Yeah, 55. I think he had a heart attack, and he's done some great movies. Dude, and, I was looking through the list. Uh, the Dead Zone, Musketeers, Highlander. Let's see. what else? The, All the Lethal Weapon movies, the first three diehards, Iron the, Giant, The Band, Band of, of Brothers. Brothers. Fucking hell, man. Yes. It's Listen so to Band much. of Brothers, and you can hear his very distinct his, – he, he, his brass, man, is so sweet. And those big open, oh, just those big open intervals, they give me instant goosebumps. Oh, hey, you're going to love this. In 1990, came and joined many other guests for Roger Waters' performance of The Wall in Berlin. Oh, boy. Boy, howdy. Oh, he's, boy. Been, he's been there. He's done it all. Um, should, I tell, should I tell our UK fans the news? <laughs> the good, the, tell them the good news? Tell them the good news? Uh, right. Go ahead. You UK fans and music fans in general, uh, today... Uh, I've, I've, I'm often asked as, as we're all often asked, who, who is your favorite band, right? People say there's so many great options. And, and today I've decided that unequivocally, I'm going to say, at least for now at 43, that my favorite band is Pink Floyd. Ta-da! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. All hear ye, hear ye. Hear ye, hear ye. Dean Martin has selected his chosen band. Truthfully, Matthew, I hope it just propels us up to, say, number 20 in the uh, TV and film charts. There we go. So if you're listening to this, my good British pals, I demand that you share it. Uh, come on. We, we pandered real good there. Come on, Reward guys. us. Reward us with something. I said I liked your goofy band. specifically <laughs> band. Specifically David Gilmore. You know, their silly LSD and wild 10-minute songs. Um, I used to call him Doug Gilmore all the time. D- <laughs> Doug. <laughs> Doug Gilmore. Because there was a hockey player named Doug Gilmore. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Shit. Yeah. I don't know why that's funny to me. It's it's equally as normal a name as David, but it's just funny. Fucking Dougie Gilmore dudes. <laughs> Dougie Gilmore trades. Dougie, Dougie Gilmore is a fucking great hockey player, mates. I love hockey <laughs> in Britain. But no, um, Yeah. So that's why I used to call him Doug Gilmore a lot. And people are like, who are you talking about? You mean Dave Gilmore? Do you even like them? And I would get so mad because I was so insecure that I didn't like them enough when I was a child. <laughs> I made that Oh, last. Pink Floyd poser. <laughs> I've had many favorite bands over the years, but I'm going to stick with them for now. See how it goes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Michael well, Kamen is incredible. He's done amazing music. and he crushes uh, the score. He crushes it. He just has done so much, man. Like you said, all the lethal weapons. He's done Die Hard. Uh, I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. Highlander, like you said. Oh, but yeah. um, he's, he was in the game for a long time. And uh, I believe he was the one who did the thing with Metallica, right? He did oh, Open shit. Range, by the way. Oh, he did. Fucking hell yeah. Another great score. And your boy Kevin Costner's in it. Mm-hmm. And we were kind to Kevin in open range. And I'm going to we be were. kind of kind to him in this one too. <laughs> and actually, I want to keep that, that performance in mind when talking about this one, because I honestly, I feel like that is the kind of character that Kevin Costner best embodies in open range. Sort of the strong silent type. This, yeah. And I feel like this one, this role, not that he's like a total fuck up in it, but I think it's a bit of a stretch for him. It's a little, you can tell he's a little less comfortable in it. Or, or, or maybe he's like. trying to do a little too much. Maybe, maybe so, you know, spinning a lot of plates. Well, let's talk about the opening when he's about to get his hands chopped off. Oh, yeah. And he <laughs> Good looks old like, thieving in Saudi Arabia style. And he looks like, uh, he, he looks like, he looks like, uh, you know, Jesus. 
<laughs> he looks like Tom Hanks on the island. <laughs> and tell me about I, the way this pops off. I love this. Kevin Costner, I mean, the way he swings that goddamn heathen's weapon, right? <laughs> this damn savage soul. The way he's chopping people up. I mean, he, he taught, I mean, come on, man. I'm into it. Dude, this opening sequence, I'm fucking down. Yanks his own hand out of it, chops the other guy's arm off, and then off we fucking go to the races. Off we go to the races. And uh, they escape. He can't free everybody, but he frees this guy, Azim, who's warned him. Of course, Morgan Freeman is Azim. We haven't talked much about him. Do you want to talk about Azim? Dude. He's good. And that's and it's just one of those things where I'm like, it's just because Morgan Freeman is good. I mean, I feel like him and Rickman are are essentially acting circles around everybody else in this movie as far as just their their range. But uh what's interesting though is yeah, Azim's a pretty understated character in a lot of ways. Like he actually keeps it like that's it's almost odd watching Morgan Freeman in this movie because he's taking it very seriously. I feel like he like it is a very understated, realistic kind of performance. And a lot of other people are like real wacky, crazy characters. Um but he's the fucking excellent dude. And I believe him when he's fucking fighting too. Him and Costner are both good on the physical side. Uh sure. brandishing the swords and kicking dudes and fucking throwing them and everything. He's got that. Absolutely. You forget, sometimes, you know, nowadays with him being like the, the kind older grandpa age man, you kind of forget how big and burly he was back in the day. You're like, man, Morgan Freeman's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, he's ripped up real nice. Yeah, and he's, he's not young. Out. And he's not young in this. Damn, Morgan Freeman. I don't even know how old he is. He's got to be in his 50s. 50s, you think? I don't fucking know. I can't do math. <laughs> 91? Shit. Well, now I gotta fucking know. Now we've opened up this can of worms. All right, fuck. How old is he right now? Right now, this minute, he's 82 years old. So, oh, actually, he's definitely yeah, you're 50s. pretty much right. He's definitely <laughs> in his 50s. Got mid- what? When is he born? 37? Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. So in 97, he would have been 60? Jesus fucking Christ. Fucking hell, yeah, so he was 54. in his fucking 50s. 54, and he's fucking 55. ripped. Yeah, man. Killing it. Killing, killing it. Killing the game. Yeah, keep working out though. <laughs> Don't stop. Keep doing your Can't thing. Can't stop. It fades away. It fades and then, away so, oh God, it fades away so fast. And, and then we and then we meet, of course, Lord Loxley. Brian Blessed is amazing. <laughs> Dude. Dude, his voice is so powerful. <laughs> he is. He's in this movie for thirty seconds, but goddamn, is he the most British and the most acting of of any person he, in this oh, movie? Oh, I love him. He's operatic. He's uh, he's in um Flash, man. He well, plays he the, was? Yeah, I forget the fucking character's name. The guy with the wings flying around with that. Oh, I forgot about that fucking yeah. character. Yeah. Oh, my God, though. Yeah, Duncan, it's all right. Let him go. Ah, God <laughs> bless him. So fucking, uh, Come on, man. Uh, but he's, you know, he is despairing in his little, you know, dukes or baron, whatever he is, castle, uh, writing a letter they intends to send off to, to I guess, Jerusalem or you know, somewhere where, where the crusade is happening, where he thinks uh, his listen, son might be. Listen. Yeah? We're, we can't do that. We'll be here three hours. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares about what he's writing, dude. Let's just go right to him getting killed. And so he's dead. And moving on to the next scene. <sighs> so he gets murdered. Treachery afoot. You know, we, we, I love, by the way, I like the way that scene is staged. I, I, dude, I do until it's a bunch of guys running at his horse (laughs) and I'm like, just ride away, (laughs) just ride, just ride around hacking at them. You're, you're on a horse. 
There are a yeah. bunch of dudes he, he, in well, he shitty pulled, robes. He pulled up. That's the problem. He could have bowled him over, but when he pulled up, they were just going to yank him off the horse at that point. Yeah. Silly. Yep. He got, it's another one of those, like, I'd fall honor. I shall be stupid. <laughs> Dude, just fucking ride off. Just ride away. Come back and just like, you could, just, can you just imagine him just doing, like, trotting his horse out back and forth, just like running and then turning around, running and turning around and just lopping off heads as he rides by. Like, these guys are all just like, why didn't we bring horses? Fuck. Like, like 10 minutes into the fight, everybody's winded. <laughs> just chasing this guy on horseback running guys over blowing past blowing through them with his war horse just the the fucking armor plate on the horse's chest just busting dudes heads open like Hell watermelons yes. just bang bang <laughs> bang and he's just like well that was easy good thing i stayed on my horse just that when you see a horse run into a person like you're like oof, oh dude yeah like no, you it's... see it a couple times in those big braveheart fights like a horse Ooh. clips a guy's shoulder and he goes twirling through the air a hundred miles an hour. You're like, Ooh, <laughs> that stunt man just got rocked. <laughs> he either dead or don't know his name no and, more. And he was only clipped. Right. Not just like completely trampled and <laughs> plowed mm. over. Yeah. Yikes. But uh, we know. get back uh, we get dies. back to England. I don't know how he gets from Jerusalem to England, but he does. He paddles all the way there, Dean. What are you talking yeah. about? They get there in their little boat. And uh, these guys let it be known that they're not down with Azim. They're going to try to hurt him, but he's ready. Well, for no, him. see, dude, that that scene threw me for a loop for a second too. But on second viewing, I caught that Kevin. <laughs> I got to stop doing that. Robin Hood um, told them that hey, if he refuses to go home, I'm yeah. gonna, I want you guys to just throw a net over him and yank him home. At first, I thought it was like they were just like, well, maybe we could turn this guy into a slave now. Like they're just gonna throw a net over. I was like, what the fuck? You guys first paddled all, across the ocean with him and you just turn on him like that? First um, of but all, no, they, they, he, they wouldn't have thought, let's turn this guy into a slave. Dude. Let's play, Let's make him a slave, I think, maybe. <laughs> no, they wouldn't have thought that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, he's black, guys. I get it, they're white, I get it, it's 13-something. Those guys didn't think they had any way, in sh- any way shape, or form, going to make this dude a slave. <laughs> no <laughs> fucking way. But, uh, but I mean, it's, it's equally as silly that they think like, I roll it, boys, start with Ned on him. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll subdue him instantly. <laughs> and he just fucking throws that one dude and turns around to the rest of them. They're all just like, oh, fuck. I'll, I'll always <laughs> remember mind. that. I'll always remember that shot of him turning around in it's, uh, it's Robin Hood's point of view and just his back to Robin Hood in that wide stance. Just like, what's what now, bitches? <laughs> Who's next? Which, so, which one of you little bitches so, wants to get thrown? So cool. Ah, it's good. It's good. But yeah, <laughs> shitty old Robin. It was like, no matter what, even though he vowed to, you know, that's something we should talk about. It's like he vows that he's going to stay with Robin Hood to repay yeah, what is he, a life debt to him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I'm like, it's our Arabian people Klingons? Or I guess what okay. we're saying is in 1991, we figured Arabians and Wookiees have the same values. <laughs> that's good old Americans. <laughs> but, Wookiees yeah, are pretty he, noble, he though. Pledges- I'll say that. He's quite noble, but um, but no, Mookie's he pledges too. that he will stay with him and and save his life one day for saving his own. Uh, and Robin at this point wants him just to go home, and he's like, I, I actually like what he says to him there. He's like, I know the pain of being so far away from your home and your right. family. Like, take that boat and go home. And he's like, Nope, not until my vow is you know re- fulfilled. And he's like, I oh, thought you might say that. Try to toss that over him. And like we said, they bunch of scared ass bitches. Yep. And uh, he regales Robin with tales of the beauty of the women of his home. <laughs> they, they are so willing beautiful. to die for them. <laughs> Robin thinks that's really funny. 
Right. Which I like because this is obviously going to be exactly what Robin Hood starts doing, putting himself mm-hmm. at great danger for somebody he ends up loving. So it's there a cute little foreshadowing moment. Right. But that Robin do, do you, is not. Do you, I, I, so, so what do you, tell me about these interactions, these earlier interactions between these guys, the, the playful nature of Robin Hood as Kevin Costner sees him. And of course the counterpoint in Morgan Freeman's Azim. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it, man. I, I, these two, I think are both pretty good. I mean, I think Morgan Freeman's better <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but I, I actually, to be honest, I think Robin Hood in these early parts of the movie, before he knows how bad everything has gotten, him being happy is is kind of nice. It's actually kind of nice to see him elated before he realizes the you know the reality that has set in here. And I like seeing him excited to be home, excited to to fucking show Azim this place. And he's just assuming that everything is well. Like oh, we're gonna go home, we're gonna celebrate our fighting days are over. Uh, and I buy this. I mean, shit. In, in the, the playful banter, war. right? Huh? The playful banter is nice too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's her name? Point me to East, her name. And he crosses his arms. And you know, I, 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 it's funny, as an adult, it never occurred to me before, but I, he's almost being petulant, kind of like a rich nobleman's son. And I like totally. that. <laughs> right? And that's something, of course, Will Scarlet hates about him. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that's who Christian Slater is supposed to be. Yeah, he is. But, um, it's like he's a spoiled rich guy. And, you, and it's almost like it comes through a little bit in this. But, um, Dude, that's actually another – I was reading about like the original Robin Hood myths and how far mm. back they go and everything. That has become a slightly more modern alteration. And by modern, I mean like 200 years ago. Like even though the, the original tales go back like 400 or more years. Um, but that the, the oldest tales of Robin Hood describe him as being of essentially a yeoman class, like, like a, a miller or yeoman. somebody with a profession. Uh, yeoman, yeah. Yeoman. And, and – and but still grew out of that and became you know the big bad badass legend Robin Hood. Uh, and then later on, the myth started to kind of changing to where Robin Hood was the son of some nobility, and then became you know the the noble thief. Um, and honestly, I, I to be, I, I doesn't bother me too much. But I'm still I'm still surprised they went with the whole he's going to be the son of nobility, and I think it kind of gives him an arc, uh, and it kind of gives him a. I have to lose what I had before and then like regain that and understand the plight of common people. I'm like, that's an interesting arc. I get it. Um, so, but I still, here, Oh, go ahead. Well, I'll just say I, for me personally, I still always think of Robin Hood as he is the common man. Like he was always, he was born the common man. He's among them. And he just rises, you know, with all of them being like, I, we are fighting for the, the little guy getting them gold. And that's like, that's the Disney Robin Hood too. So I'm biased. See in but 1991, I, I didn't know dick about Robin Hood. I thought I did. <laughs> so when this came out, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, it didn't even occur to me. Like, now I go read a Robin Hood Wikipedia article, and I'm like, well, <laughs> and then I can judge Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, because I have all this <laughs> fucking sum of human knowledge at my fingertips. Indeed. Uh, like, when I saw the movie originally, I was like, yeah, he robs from Mitch Shields from the poor. He's an outlaw. That's all I knew. That's all you needed to know about Robin Hood. I wasn't a fucking professor of Robin Hood. I wasn't a 13th century fucking... <laughs> expert when it comes to english folklore right and um so as a result of that i just thought this as oh this is kind of neat and you almost go i wonder if this is real (laughs) i wonder if he was and this is what happened and the betrayal is what what turned him you know you you think about it a little bit but again we're talking high school i didn't think about it too much i just took it for (laughs) what it was 
there's um there was a lot of just taking it for what it was back in the day. There was you know what I'm saying? It wasn't now it's like we look everything up. As soon as we see a movie, if there's any kind of historical context, we look it up. Like you right. did. You're telling me you did. That's what everybody yeah. does, myself included. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying it's something we couldn't do in the past. So you just kind of was like, okay, cool, it's a fun movie, and you didn't peel back all the layers and shit. So for me, I never was like, oh, this isn't this is the incorrect take on Robin Hood. I never ever thought that. You know? No. Yeah. Which is interesting thinking about it now in twenty nineteen as opposed to nineteen ninety one. Pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty yeah. could I mean, say the same about anything, right? Like I said, I mean, I don't mind it. I don't think it really like makes it worse. I just think it's an interesting choice, and I, no, I yeah, can totally sure. imagine as a writer being like, "Ah, eh, this gives us more of a you know an arc that he has to start here, loses things, and then gains things again." I'm like that, you know, that makes sense in storytelling. It always makes for mm-hmm. a little more layers you can add to a character. Let's have a listen to some dialogue. Killed one of the sheriff of Nottingham's deer. You starve us. We needed the meat. I advise you to move on, Pilgrim. This is the sheriff's land. Wrong. This is my land and my tree. Therefore, whatever's in it also belongs to me. Might I have the pleasure of your name before I have you run through? Fucking Wincott, huh? (laughs) On this, the devil's night. (laughs) The sky ought to be red. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's good, man. He's, he's so fucking, fucking what a great character actor. Guy <laughs> of Gisborne. He must be a real guy, I'm sure. That there's a Wikipedia article about. <laughs> I'm sure we can hyperlink all night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I like this. That's the that's the this is my land. Like that that's cool. That's like, oh, she's taking this kind of principled stance, you know, it's fucking wild. By the way, when he throws the crossbow at the guard's face, do you see it hit plexiglass? Dude, no. I yeah, it's, find it's, that. it's pretty cool. You can see it just before there's a quick reflection of it. It's kind of <laughs> like the Cobra in um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You can see the plexiglass between Harrison Ford and the Cobra. Oh, shit. I have, uh, I'm watching it now. Yeah, you'll and see it. And I do, it. man. I like all of the... Oh, I can see it. You're <laughs> right. Fuck. That's well, Fucking A, man. This is like cool little action right here. I like the dynamic of... Azim sort of leaving him out to dry because he has his principles. Like we're learning a lot about these men immediately. And that's something I think this movie does pretty well. We learn that Azim has a code and he follows that code and he's and 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 we respect and, and admire that and we're intrigued by this, you know, strange foreigner who we don't know anything about his culture. And suddenly we're like, oh, this is cool. He's doing what he has to do because that's what he's doing. And mm-hmm. and it breeds respect, you know, because it's shown in a cool way. Right, right. Like, and if, not, what, not what I love stoning about it too, homosexuals, but you know. <laughs> uh, but I'm principled fuck. about it. <laughs> anyway, but no, and I do think it's it's like a funny little irony in the movie that of all these, like, especially once we get to like Friar Tuck, that like of all the supposedly devout people, the Muslim guy is the most devout one of them all. <laughs> like, they're Out all just all like a bunch them. of fucking two faced cowards. Right, him and him and Robin Hood. That mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like. They ha- and of course, there's the out, there's the the honor among thieves, so to speak, with the outlaws. Of course, we know they're just a merry band of downtrodden men who are hiding out in the forest, which we're going to meet very soon. But I like this. I like these. Like, listen, you know, I I fulfill my vows when when I decide. Me, yeah, I when decide. I I'm, I'm a fucking person. <laughs> and uh, so, real quick, this kid, uh, Wolf, this little boy. Do you know who this boy is? 
Ooh, I have no idea. Dude, he's, and you are, you're going to know this better than me, but he's Daniel in The Walking Dead. Daniel? One of those guys who wear armor. Was it, was it maybe part of the kingdom? Oh, maybe. Fuck. Crazy, right? Because I was looking him up. I was looking up everybody in this movie. <laughs> but more importantly, do you know that the cinematographer is Douglas Milsom? Mm, he that is the cinematographer familiar. for Full Metal Jacket, dude. Because this movie is definitely pretty. Interesting. Yep. He was camera and electrical on Last of the Mohicans. Isn't that funny? What a weird thing. You're the cinematographer for a Kubrick picture in 87. And then five years later, you're camera and electrical? <laughs> on a Daniel Day-Lewis picture. That's so weird to me. Um, Cameron Electrical in Highlander as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You see this a lot with directors. And, um, of course, it was directed by uh, Kevin Reynolds. But you see this director, cinematographer, these guys, they, they team up a lot. Yeah. they fucking, And, and him and uh, the director, Kevin Reynolds, he works with Kevin Costner a good bit. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, also, I don't think you're right about the Daniel dude. I don't think he's in Walking Dead. Oh, he's not? Mm-mm. I can't oh. find any credits for it. No. Oh. I guess I'm wrong then. Interesting. Interesting. I must it's funny because I, I clicked on it on the Amazon one. But um Lion ass Amazon. God damn it. He is uh he is in um Brom Sugar's Dracula though. He's the news hawker. Isn't that funny? Extra extra, read all about it, that kid. <laughs> extra, extra, I'm still young enough to be this role. Extra. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, my mistake. Thank you for correcting me because <laughs> I would have just kept saying that for the rest of my life. <laughs> that would have been your, your icebreaker and, you know, cocktail parties. Yeah. <laughs> you Did know, you... the boy Wolf in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, he's actually a minor character on The Walking Dead. I, why is everyone walking away from me? No ladies, ladies, gather around. I'm about to regale you <laughs> with my film knowledge. <laughs> You'll all remember the timeless character Wolf in Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Thieves, the Kevin Costner one, yes, indeed. Mm, do you know about that movie? Oh, great, great. If you don't mind, I'm um, just going to be stroking the head of my penis through my pants. Mm, so as I talk. now I'm wondering if there's a different person I might have clicked on in this movie who is that person. But probably not. <laughs> just a misclick. Misclick. Uh-oh. Oh, damn. So anyway, um, yeah, they... Now, right off the bat, Robin's killing people. So he's now killed. He's now killed men of the crown. Oh yeah, that's not going to go well. Men of the sheriff, right? So talk to me about your guy, oh, our boy Rickman. Ah, it's so good. He's just—I love that he just revels in being a bad guy. We were talking about this not that long he ago. Like some of the, the action flicks we've been covering lately—it's just fucking fun sometimes to watch the bad guy. Just enjoy being a bad guy. Like he I just agree. loves it. He's in it, man. He's balls deep in it. I mean, he's he's already got this like poor, terrified. Who woman told in you there. to cover up? <laughs> Wait, what's that? Who told you to cover up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, he's just like any chance to be a dick, he's gonna do it, no matter how petty or small. Like he could be talking, he could be planning like the assassination of multiple barons, but he's still gonna be like you over there. You look like shit. Anyways, like he's just mm-hmm. gonna be an asshole. Any chance he gets, he's fucking vain. He's just loud and mean. Ah, oh, it's so fucking great. Staring yeah. at a statue of himself that's just been freshly delivered. Yep. Your Kaput. men were probably drunk. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I barely survived. Uh, so this is when we we also see that uh he is being peeped on. 
Hmm. But he goes right down. So let's talk about this introduction to Mordiana. Oh, my God. Dude, this was the biggest shock watching this movie again for me. I completely, 100% forgot about this whole character, this whole angle of this movie. Totally gone. I was like, what the fuck am I watching this? What? The evil witch with a bloody egg and fucking shrieking and just looking hideous. Like, what? It's super weird. It's really fucking weird, man. Like, that is something, and that's, I mean, you know. You, again, so so listen, if the movie's not called Robin Hood, it's totally not weird. Because this is holdover yes. late 80s fantasy shit. Yes, and that's what I was going to say. I'm like, this is, I don't associate the tale of Robin Hood with any level. And I've, I know we find out later on that it's not true in a lot of ways. But I don't associate it with any level of, like, magic or witchcraft. Like, it's a sure. very down-to-earth, like, tale of men and rebellion and sure. greed and sure. power. Like, it's like a very real-world myth. Um, like, it's not a tall tale and it, with lots of weird shit in it. And so, like, this whole inclusion of, like, a soothsaying witch, I was like, wow, that's not what I thought about. For I mean, we already have the Sheriff of Nottingham looking very much like Sir Robert the Smith. I mean, fucking, it's already through the roof. And I'm like, we're going to add witches now? All right, whatever movie, we'll just fucking roll with it. Yeah. But no, what we find out here, the main thing we find out here from you know is that yes, Robin of Loxley, the the prodigal son's returned, and she is terrified of the painted man. Oh, the painted man, the block man. <laughs> she thinks he's going to kill her, so he wants her to. She wants him to kill them both. Yeah, yep. It's um, it's really weird. You, you, you are, I, I gave you, I, I offered some resistance just to sort of uh, make you flex your brain a little when I said, you know, the idea of the, a corrupt medieval institution that is corrupted by sort of satanic scariness is kind of neat. It just right. doesn't play in Robin Hood, does it? I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm like the idea, I mean, like you, you can, if you want to write a new original medieval story and make that part of it i'm like go for it like that it's could creepy. be done well it with within this story that you know that's one of the things that's interesting like robin hood is a good example of everybody kind of knows the story of robin hood at least kind of knows it like what you said earlier he's the the good outlaw who steals from the rich and gives to the poor that's a beautiful one sentence summary of a tale we all at least know kind of the outline of and what's cool about that is that it's this this recognized archetype that we can we can all kind of get lost in everybody recognizes the thing and understands it but at the same time if you're going to make a new film adaptation of it it would be boring if you didn't do anything new but it's like the, walking that fine line of what feels correct to change or, or interesting to add on to or modify versus something that just feels out of place in the story since we all know it so well and recognize it so easily. Because it, when you add the wrong thing in that kind of very well-known classic tale, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. It does. Like it, You're it's right. the thing that you can't stop thinking about. You're like, why is that here? Did you expect that her to be off. like, I hold a chilled throat, the gomjaba. <laughs> the gomjaba. Steady, I warn you not to jerk away. What is inside? Pain. <laughs> Let us suggest that you may be human. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking creepy Mortiana. She's doing the gomjabar test. The pain box test on uh, Sheriff Nottingham. <laughs> yeah, fucking Rickman, like, fears the mind killer. <laughs> uh, what's the litany affair line? 
<laughs> he just takes a big bite out of the fucking wall behind him. <laughs> he chews up half of the scenery. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it doesn't matter. Painted man, all this bullshit. And then they find his dead father and, of course, Duncan. Faithful Duncan. A little bit of a, I gotta, I gotta say, a little bit of a rough Costner moment when he sees his father. No! He, and he hugs Azim. <laughs> no! No! It's a, he kind of reacts like a kid that got surprised by somebody jumping out from a corner. Like, ah! No! <laughs> and I'm like, that's a little silly. It was silly. That's ah, a little silly. It's silly. But okay. It's silly. No! It's the most no, British he was the whole movie. <laughs> oh, the most British thing you did the whole movie, right? <laughs> Pretty much. No! no. Oh, hold me, Azim. Hold me in your big painted arms. <laughs> Silly. But Duncan. Not oh. even when they took my eyes. So, Poor old Duncan. One of the things about this movie that is fun to me, and it's very innocent, is that good people are so good. <laughs> like, I agree. He wouldn't admit that Lord Loxley was a devil worshiper, even as they were scooping his fucking eyeballs. <laughs> I mean, that's outrageous. It's, it's, it's outrageous. insane. Guess what? Pull out the spoon and I'll say he sucked 11 dicks while the <laughs> devil fucked him up the ass. <laughs> so let me keep my eyes. He loved the devil. You know? He loved him. He couldn't I mean, get enough was- so of the devil. He loved the devil. Okay. I understand I lack the mental fortitude of, you know, the guys, Baltar haters of the world, but guess what? I'll say whatever you want me to say, because what I say don't matter. It's what I think. Right? Words are meaningless. Yes. Yes, man. I would have been like, yeah, I fucking love Satan. He loves him. He was riding goats around and fucking sacrificing virgins left and right. It was all about it. Whatever. Can I leave now? Oh, cool. I can go. Awesome. Cool, I'm going to go get a fucking swords and an army together to come kill you now. Like, yes. I'm going to lie my ass off to do it, dude, too. This was my pre. This is what I would always preach in The Walking Dead when they were like, dude, just bow to fucking Negan. It's fine. It's Why fine. are you going to be a hardo in front of him? He's, he's got you surrounded. What are you dying for? Some bullshit honor? Come on, See, it's the that's apocalypse. What I thought about the king too. I'm like, why? Why? Like, honor means nothing when you're a corpse. Like, who fucking cares? <laughs> Just for sure, gonna die. Like, what is it about? Oh, I was honorable though. I cool. Bag, kneel. Yeah, absolutely. Then you slip a kinjal between his ribs, <laughs> like a fremen. But um, you go. got me all thinking about Dune now. I know. <laughs> but anyway, oh, so good. Yeah, so again, not even when they took my eyes. <laughs> when they scooped my old eyes and well, my old skull. Now the end of your life blows. Because <laughs> you wouldn't say. sucks hard. Because now. you wouldn't say something that you don't believe. <laughs> Boy, they really were just sweet and honest and dumb, weren't they, back but, then, back in the day? But back to my point of not shitting on it and actually complimenting it, I liked yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree. Like, that is, you know, we've talked about that lately as far as like bad guys embracing their villainy and just being so far into it that it's, it's fun to watch. But at the same time, this, the, it lends this story feeling more like the pure fairy tale when people are truly good and truly bad. Like, that's fine. I'm, I'm actually very okay with that aspect of this. Yep. So he meets Maid Marian after getting a little fake out from her, like, little maiden lady. 
The years <laughs> have been kind to you, question mark? <laughs> Don't want to be rude yet. And then Marion attacks him. Um, this is also a weird moment. I'm like, she's a fucking ninja fighter now? I, whatever she's wearing is hot. <laughs> but it makes no sense. I, Dude, I like Mary uh, Mastri... How do you say it? I always fuck it up. Mastran... Fuck, man. I can't wow. say her name for the life of me. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Mastrantonio. <laughs> Mas- yeah, you're right. Mastrantonio. Mastrantonio. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. She plays Marion Dubois. Marion Dubois. Mastrian. She's Mary Mastrantonio. <laughs> a couple more. Give me a couple change more things on that. Um, change it. But um, <laughs> she's a good actress. Like she's she's been in a lot of fucking good movies over the years. She's great. Abyss. Breathe, you oh, bitch. She's the one in Abyss. That's okay. the one fucking Ed Harris punching her in the chest, slapping her face. <laughs> Breathe, you bitch. <laughs> she's great in that movie. Okay. But okay. Um, her character, let's talk about let's talk about this meeting. Let's talk about this 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 kind of leads to them running away from uh Wincott. Right. Well, this guy this actually plays more into what you were talking about earlier as far as Robin Hood being kind of the spoiled son of a rich guy. Like, mm-hmm. she was like, you were always just a little bully dickhead. Like, I don't really like you that much. I, my husband died, and he's the one I fucking care about. Like, mm-hmm. you're just the messenger giving me bad news. And think about her life for a minute. She's really in a bad spot. Like, right. Richard the Lionheart, of course, is her cousin, which is great. That's that's a good thing, but he is away. Far he's not away, around. Fighting the Crusades. But, and, and you've got this, this sheriff kind of running roughshod, and She's in this precarious position of trying not to lose everything to his corruption. Indeed. And now her husband is officially confirmed dead. Mm -hmm. And so that's not something she can wait to return on. And yeah, she's in a terrible spot. Doesn't want to rile up the sheriff, but also, you know, I think even right now is not trying to be cruel to Robin, but just like, look, I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not going to fucking side up with you. Not yet. You're you're now an outlaw. What what do you think about this 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 scene? As far as them just talking, yeah. Just what do you think? Do you th- do you think she's good? Do you think it's good? Do you like it? Yeah. No. I mean, I actually do like her. I think she's also good in this movie. And I me too. I, I feel like as far as if any of the characters go, I mean, outside of like the some of the other like the peasants and stuff in the in the forest later on, like she like you said is in a really awkward position because she is somebody that the sheriff is constantly talking to and around and trying to get more entwined with and then at the same time trying to balance you know some some feelings for the the common folk that she wants to help and i I feel like she she pulls that off well that that kind of just uh, not feeling safe not feeling good about this situation and on top of it not having great memories of him right right and um yeah it's uh i and this is where we get this this uh, spyglass moment. <laughs> the leather spyglass. How did your uneducated kind ever take Jerusalem? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, is Robin really such a dumb, dumb caveman person? <laughs> I think the point was to highlight cool little gadgets that Azim has more than anything. <laughs> no, I agree. But it's just one of those silly movie moments where I'm like, okay. Sass, little silly. Whoa, oh, I'm gonna poke out with my sword to see if I can touch them. Because <laughs> I'm a rock person. <laughs> I live in a cave. 
so um yeah this is uh things are heating up they got and they have to they have to bounce they have to make a run for it they do indeed they steal two of her horses which you know also gives her some plausible deniability of like oh, i wasn't just like hanging out with the outlaws they came in and stole my shit i'm just, i'm a victim yeah that was smart of her he's stealing my horses but um this you know that the the uh, spyglass was a reference to um dances with wolves when um when kevin costner shows uh kicking bird the fucking telescope oh. yeah it's a little homage still never seen that movie Okay, well, <laughs> but uh, Guy of Gisborne shows up with quite a few men. Um, I like the playful ass slap with the sword, and uh, <laughs> off they go riding. They, I, I like that they flee. Yeah, no, I agree. Like right, because right now they have nothing. <laughs> they have an an old blind guy and their own swords, and that's about it. Right, they don't stand they a chance here. They do not. So they they hit it. They go through the forest. Yep, which cool. Duncan is telling, warning them it's a haunted forest. Yeah, cool, cool music. You've been sheltering outlaws, my lady. They're thieves, and so lucky he didn't steal your virtue as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome, man. <laughs> steal your virtue. What's up with the? Um, why do they keep knocking over walls with their horses' knees? Um, yeah, I was thinking about. There's that a too, couple actually. of moments where they do that. I'm like, and I'm like, that's hell? probably not great for them. I don't know if they're actually doing it, but. I was like, "Why is this just supposed to be like cinematic dramatization? Uh, it was just a weird thing." But um, nice shots of the country, nice shots of the riding. I like the ominous approach into the forest. And, oh, yeah, uh, you know, it's haunted. I love that. All of his, all of his, his men are too scared to go into the forest. Yeah, I guess purely because of Little John and the Merry Men, like they are the ones who make it seem haunted. They've been yeah. hanging up, you know, the 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 wind chimes to make spooky sounds. I love this. I love the idea that these guys were like, "We're not fucking going in there," and they think it's haunted. That doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. No. And I do. Century. I I like that idea of the you know the Merry Men being inventive in that way of knowing that they can't really militarily fight off these guys. So they're going to have to find tricky, you know, in, innovative ways to scare them off or make them, you know, hesitant to come there. Make them hesitant so like, to go there and be able to hide a little easier. Right. And I'm like, that's actually kind of cool. Because you do, I mean, you got to still establish, because later on, this, this becomes the fucking army that overthrows the sheriff. You got to establish that they are at least, even before Robin arrives, you know, able to stand on their own and able to do some shit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that helps. Yeah. It's not the men we fear. It's the ghosts or evil spirits, he says, or something. Evil spirits. But I like the taunting. You know, your father died schooling like a stock pig. Cursing your name or some shit. And, uh, I, you know, this is where Azim has to tell him to back off. Like, you're not going to do your father any good if you go die right now. Yeah. Ah, that was good. And again, I like that. That's the honor thing. Robin Hood's like, I will fucking kill you for saying bad shit about my dad. He wants to go out there. Again, it seems like that's stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. Don't be stupid. <laughs> don't be dumb. <laughs> How else can I say it? Uh, don't be uh, fucking dumb. So let's talk about the introduction of the Merry Men. Oh, the Merry Men. Christian Slater, looking straight up out of the fucking Breakfast Club, does not look like he is in this at all uh, <laughs> with his fucking little locks. But Boy. I do like the, the, the thing he sings of like, <laughs> fucking, he slipped on a rope. What a dope. Dude, he looks like Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh right out of Young Guns too. 
<laughs> like, you're not a merry man in the 12th century with your fucking fashionable scarf. Let me tell you something right now. Christian Slater could not be more Christian Slater in this movie. He is so Christian He's Slater. so Christian Slater in this movie. Like, holy like, shit. Oh, maybe you should start a pirate radio station in your basement to cry about your older brother. <laughs> and that your daddy doesn't love you. Because Jesus Christ, could you be more 90s guy right now? I'm so fucking 90s, dude. I love Christian Slater. Don't get me wrong. And uh, I remember Christian Slater being in this movie was a big fucking deal to us as kids because we were already Christian Slater fans at this point. Heather's Young Guns 2, Gleaming the Cube, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, pump, pump, pump up the volume, of course. Like that was like, you know, it, it was a generational movie. But we were Slater fans at this point. We we're like, cool, Slater's in, oh, awesome. And we couldn't wait. And then he's also like, ah, kind of fuck the accent, kind of. Kind of fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's very, he's sort of half trying. At times. Yeah, he kind of does that oscillating thing where he's like. He does. Oh, Robin, I think that's really good, Robin. Or it's like kind of in and out, like, uh, you're sort of half trying. You're not, you haven't completely given up like Costner. Now look at him shiver. Like that? He's shiver. Right, Sort right. of British. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Daddy do de do Chim chimney. Fucking dumb. I don't love me brother. That would actually <laughs> have been pretty good for him. <laughs> he fucking just gives up the ghost way too soon. He's like, oh, whoopity doop, my brother slipped in the river. You fucking abandoned me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, who are you? What? <laughs> well, let's talk about John Little. John, dude, I fucking love little John. Nick I actually Brimble. really like him. Nick Brimble. He's great, right? He's so, fucking great. Do you know, the? there's a quote I've said many times before, and you're about to have, it's about to be an LSG Media revelation. <laughs> okay. Now, before I fuck this up, let me double check his IMDb credits, Matthew. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to look like a total fucking jerk Are you about jerk to tell off. me he played Darth Vader or some shit? <laughs> no. I'm about to tell you there's there's something I say a bunch on this show. It's a joke. Just as an aside. It's mm -hmm. a dumb little thing that I say sometimes. And uh, <laughs> right. let me just make sure it's him because I'm starting to lose confidence. <laughs> I'm almost, yeah, I have been wrong so many times in one night. I'm almost positive it's him. I don't see him, which is concerning me. <laughs> ah, God damn it. Dude, he wasn't Lawrence of Arabia. How many I times would I have, have to tell you? Dude, I would have bet. Oh, no. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I don't think it's him. All right, dude, let's pretend. Let's pretend. No, let me see. I'm going to look the movie up. Hold on. Because uh, I got to know. I got to know if it's him. I don't think it's him. Dude, Dude, all right, Dean. I have a case of like face, face tra broken face transplantation problem like right now. I don't know what my problem is. Okay. Well, I guess it's time I finally come clean. Go ahead. <sighs> Me and Nate have implanted memories in you to make you seem more human, Dean. Uh, to make oh, you be able to, to deal with your emotions better. This is getting so, good. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you telling me done. I'm a replicant? Well, yeah, yeah, you are. Oh, man. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <a few. laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So, so what did you think he was in? Wh- <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking for the I'm looking for the quote. Let's <laughs> uh, hey, skip forward to 40 minutes of the podcast where Dean forgets <laughs> who he actually was. <laughs> no, I know who he is and what movie I thought he was in. I just don't want to say because I want to I want to see if I can find it. There is uh okay. Do you remember the movie Patriot Games? A little. I've seen it like one time forever okay. ago. I would have bet a lot of money. Well, probably a hundred dollars. <laughs> that this was the guy who says to the really sexy IRA girl who's like an assassin. I would have bet money that he's the guy who said, You're not gonna make me wear one of those bloody rubbers, are you? You know how what we've said that like a million times on this show? Dude, I swear to God, I thought it was this guy. Jimmy O'Reardon? What? I'm looking up the quote. That's the name of the character who says it. Oh, you know. Holy shit, that was fast. <laughs> I was just looking it up. I, you're not going to make me wear a rubber, are you? You that. know, the church says wearing one of them's a sin, Yes! Darling. That's the, the fucking greatest line! <laughs> and then she fucking you- says no and just shoots him and he dies. And she's hot. And he's not in that. This is not him. I know. What's that guy's name? I don't know. I, I only found the quote. I haven't looked at <laughs> the movie yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but the character's name in Patriot Games is O'Reardon, you said? Yeah, Jimmy O'Reardon. Jimmy O'Reardon. Jonathan Ryan. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck! <laughs> Jimmy O'Reardon. Damn it. I'm so mad. Oh, well. I would have bet money and I would have lost money that this was Nick Brimble and not John Ryan. I failed. I failed you, Mr. Wayne. I failed you. Anyway, he's awesome, right? He's good, man. He makes a fucking solid little John. This is what you're looking for. Big, burly, silly fucking dingus. And he's great. And he's just funny and charming. He's cool. I really like him in this movie. Dude, he's another he, one of my favorite characters. This guy, him and his wife remind me of my friend's parents so much. Oh, really? Like, so in love <laughs> to where he's just like, all right, come on. You like two. when he's screaming, ah, ah, my wife, right? <laughs> like so in love and nine kids and kind of hippies. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wicked just, reminds me of my friend's parents, kind of rugged bearded guy. This is probably what he looked like when he was younger. <laughs> I love his fucking silly teeth. He's just fucking fun. I just love this dude. He is but great. Yeah, he challenges Robin to a uh, to a fight because they want him to give up the medallion from his father, and he, you know, on principle refuses. I refuse to pay a tax. I'm not going to give this up. Uh, and they get to stick fighting. And now this is one of the scenes of the movie I remembered very well. This cool whole, music. This whole fight. Yeah, uh, playful music, which I like. Yeah, Let's have a listen. Definitely. Here we go. We're not through yet. All right, my old cocker. <laughs> you want another good walloping? And fun music. It's so good. Such a good score, dude. It, is. it just, just works lively so well. and good. It's just yeah. an energetic score. It's never dull. Mm-hmm. Nope. The only time it gets a little sort of more dark is with the Mortiana stuff. Yeah, true. That kind of creepy, screechy sound. (laughs) 
But Robin Hood wins them over. And I kind of, I do like how he's not overly violent with him. Like he fucking knocks him down, gets him into the water, you know, and then eventually right away basically is like, oh, well, just stand on your feet. I know you can't swim, but you know, we're just in three feet of water. You big idiot. Uh, and he's like, oh, you got balls of stone, Robin of Locksley. Balls of solid rock. <laughs> and this is when, um, so he gets invited back to their camp. So, a tough, a tough homecoming for Robin. He comes home. His father's been murdered. Nottingham has plundered the Shire. Um, he's Marion's not fond of him at this moment, and uh, he has been forced to retreat into the woods. He uh, caught a couple of quarterstaff blows in the face, which is never fun. <laughs> and uh, and he's now hiding out in the woods with outlaws. And he's like, I am an outlaw like you guys. And, and, and Will's like, not so fast, okay? Not so fast. You're nothing like us. Right. And um, <laughs> he's just like, well, we're, what are we going to do? We're going to have to have to fight, aren't we? we this, is, this is our place. <laughs> and like little John's sort of content to live this way. He doesn't seem like he has big ambition to sort of right the wrongs. To, to He doesn't seem like he's bent on... He seems comfortable here, I guess. Is right. He's not bent on justice. Like, Correct. He's, I think he's basically like, well, yeah, you know, we're, we've all been deemed outlaws. We've had to leave our families and be out here. But we found a, you know, we've made these woods haunted now. They're not coming out here. We're robbing enough to, to pay ourselves and to give back to our families back home a little. So that's fine. We can just live with this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, they're not worried about righting the wrongs that put them here. Right. Um. And then, of course, this is when Robin decides that he is going to. Uh, he, he he makes he, he's asking uh, Duncan about alms and what's going to be going on with the church, and he starts getting these ideas about sneaking in. But before that, we got to do a bad guy check in. Oh yeah, delicious bad guy check in. Yeah, upside down crosses. You know, very satanic. <laughs> so satanic panic pentagrams and upside down crosses. Um, so here's where I think Rickman is, is really good. He's a complete lack of reverence for all of this shit. Yes, I do like that. He's, he's really like, good at that because it's subtle. He's like, like oh, are you sure my parents really told you to raise me in all of these ways? And he's just eye rolling and eating the food and just kind of not caring. Because <laughs> I, I do love that moment where he's playing with the cross, and he's like, "Because it seems of all about the same to me." <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, it's a bunch of stiff religious bullshit." Correct. Correct. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But Robin decides that he's going to do a little infiltration mission. So this is more stuff about this movie. I like Robin Hood. We know the folklore says that he would have disguises. I'm glad that we got to see some disguises. Yeah. I'm glad that he snuck in. I like this. This is a cool, it it can't just be Robin Hood in the forest planning his uh, sailing of, of this castle. Yeah. I like the, I like the clandestine stuff. I like the sneaking around. I like the disguise. I like the, the, the brazen maneuver of going into the church and talking to Marion. Like this stuff is cool. I like this a lot. 
Right. And I like, it's not fully set up right here, but you know, the whole little, you know, sermon or homily or whatever by, by the bishop where he's talking about, oh, we must, you know, fight those who would threaten our, you know, our safety, our prosperity, the judgment to punish them we must ask for. Like it's mm. all fire and brimstone. And it's all yep. just directed towards Robin Hood and the men. And it's like, you don't quite know yet, but what I like about this is like, there's no appeal outside of this. Like the fucking sheriff is, is corrupt. The bishop is corrupt. Like not even the church is like a refuge. Like everything has been corrupted and it's kind of starting to, to lay that out. Right. See, uh, at this point I didn't know, I wasn't obvious to me that the church was corrupt. When I was a kid watching this, I just saw it as an oppressive institution. Right. Right. And I was like, Oh, but they're not like evil and in league with terrible, like they're not, not horrible and like i'll tell you when i was a kid in the in the and he betrayed mary and i was like whoa you're supposed to be one of them nice religious fellas i was like well, well i know you're kind of an oppressive cuckoo head but i didn't think you were going to be so treacherous you know like it was kind right. of a kind of a moment for me because even when robin hood goes to see him like in this scene coming up here you there is a familiarity a fondness like he doesn't sound the alarm he doesn't do anything crazy Right? He's just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Because just, Robin's playful with him. Like, it's like they have a good history. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And this is good. This guy, Harold Innocent, is the name of the guy. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Harold Innocent. Huh? That's his real name. Who, oh, me? <laughs> <laughs> is your hand in the cookie jar? No. <laughs> oh, Harold Innocent. But, um, it's cool. Like, I, I like this. Like, that's Robin Hood's interaction with the bishop made me think the bishop wasn't a bad guy yet. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, he's having this, like, super close one-on-one with him. Mm-hmm. And and what I like, too, about this moment is Robin just staring straight into his eyes when he's like, well, your father's answer really aggrieved me. He couldn't say. He just wanted to, you know, die with the, the Lord's eyes upon him and, you know, basically judging him well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Robin just stares at him waiting. And he's like, no, you're a liar. Yeah. You're lying. Yep, I like the hallway walk with uh, Marion and uh, the sheriff, and uh, I love how Guy lingers in the background. That's kind of neat. He's in the shot; you can see him. Uh, he's just kind of watching, being watching closely. But uh, this is kind of a cool moment. This uh, this sort of tragic irony of him giving her the dagger that will be what kills him. <laughs> True. The dagger he gives to her is the one Robin kills him with. Good shit. And also, Robin does give him that real fun slash on the face when he opens the door to run right into him. Yeah, this is a cool moment. Now, this now, is this is pure fucking swashbuckling absolutely. shit right here. The fucking looking around the room, grabbing the rope, cutting it, and soaring to the ceiling. That is grade A swashbuckle. Swashbuckleering. Sure. Swashbuckled it up. <laughs> Have hey, no Matt, problem with I that. I need you to swashbuckle up. <laughs> And away he goes, and he Loxley. They yell for him. I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon. <laughs> Classic line. And, and dude, I like Robin fucking... doing the. It begins, and he just points the dagger at him. That's kick ass, <laughs> dude. Rickman running through the halls and bumping <laughs> into somebody, grabbing the, like a the slide <laughs> handkerchief, or whatever, just turning around and slapping them with it, just to be like, "Fuck you, <laughs> dude." Every choice he makes is so fucking great and funny i love it 
you know, the guard who failed to close the gate quick enough to cut off Robin, he just comes over and just beats the shit out of him. Right, even to so, where his cape tears. Oh, I love it. So here's the moment where I ask you, you are very high on his performance, and he's great. But you also have a problem with the tone of the movie. Mm-hmm. So how do you reconcile that when you observe? Like, what, do you do you not? So so help like help me understand a little bit. I honestly think the biggest like tonal problems come later with some of the like the silliness of the actual action that happens. I mean, like not the the combat, but like what we were saying earlier, the guys being launched over with the catapult, some of the other like slightly sillier moments. Story-wise, yeah, Rickman's character is definitely the silliest and you know the the witch angle and everything. Honestly, I feel like if you take the witch out of the movie and you take, you know, the super overt devil shit that just kind of sends it just over the top, which by the I, way was not in the theatrical cut, man. That's so weird. God, it's so weird. Yeah. Like I like cuz I was like I don't remember the scene and then I looked it up. And it was the mother stuff, and then it was the scene where he meets with all these bishops in the circle. The barons, yeah. That was not in the original cuz I would have remembered it. Right, totally. Yeah. Um but yeah, you take that stuff out, and I'm okay. I, I feel like it's okay, uh, and especially in this kind of tale, you know, the, the 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 updated fairy tale, larger than life mythos thing. It's okay to have the bad guy be the one character who's more unhinged and eccentric and over the top than anybody else. Like I'm okay with that. I think it's the other stuff kind of around him and associated with him that starts to get too far out of line. Right. Like it's not it's not directly the sheriff, it's the sheriff's witch mother and the sheriff's fucking pentagrams everywhere and all that crazy shit. That gets a little too silly for me. His mm-hmm. performance, I'm like, ah, I I think it's okay to have a big over the top villain. Yeah, I'm okay with it too. <clears throat> I'm just I'm just I'm pushing on the Rickman thing a little bit because I'm just kind of curious about it, and I'm also sort of reconciling my own thoughts about it because I've watched it twice the movie in the last week, and I've just really been thinking a lot about it because by and large I think it's pretty fucking pretty awesome. There are moments where I was like, okay, dude, but for the most part, he's pretty awesome, and I always loved it when I was younger. I'm oh, just yeah. uh, I'm devoting a little bit more. Um, a little bit more of my uh, left brain to it, I guess you could say. I don't know if that even makes sense, but you know what I'm saying. I'm sort of analyzing a little bit more now. Right. <clears throat> but he gets back. He immediately gives the bread to Duncan, which was nice. He's such a good man. He's he is. A good man. And he's like, we're going we're gonna to fight back. Azim's a little ticked off. He's like, how can I protect you if I know not where you go? And yeah. uh, that's when he <laughs> says, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to go after them. We? What are you talking about? Yeah. We're not going to let them hunt our children anymore, guys. Hmm. We, we, this, this, this Sherwood Forest thing, <clears throat> and, and here's something Robin Hood knows because he is a warrior. He spent time overseas fighting in the Crusades, apparently. And he's like, listen, this, this thing we have is all temporary. It's not <laughs> going to take long for the sheriff to go everybody into the forest, burn it. Yeah, kill them all. We'll find you. We'll I do. In, I we'll really like Azim challenging him here, though, in this moment yes. where he's like, these are simple people. They're not warriors. Be careful. You do not do this for your own purposes. Indeed. I like that a lot. Because for one, Azim probably didn't really know really anything about him until he got back to England with him. And it's like, oh, wow, he's the son of nobility and everything. And, and, and realizing that his father has been assassinated by the sheriff and he's lost his own, you know, land and, and riches due to that. 
of like, okay, you, you want to kind of lead this charge now into battle. Are you sure it's not just to get your shit back? Are you going to put these people in danger for your own like vendetta? And I, I think it's good for him to like check him on that. <clears throat> I agree. And um, a good scene, uh, a, a really good scene with Rickman and Wincott. Why, why, why the spoon, cousin? <laughs> this whole thing. Oh God! So because it'll hurt more. It's dull, you twit. Right. This is good stuff, man. But um, this is where, man, controlling the narrative is as old as time itself, isn't it? Ah, but indeed. Let's give him a name. Mm. Give him a name. <laughs> Strike fear into the populace. Oh, fucking. And hell. that's when, like, let's start going after people in town and fucking them up, and and really saying like this is because of Robin Hood. Right, right. Let's go out there and rattle all the families of the merry men out in the woods and fuck with their shit, burn things down, yeah, make them afraid is, to be associated with them. And, and this is the uh, this is an interesting use of um, you know, of course the 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 Brian Adams song, right? Oh, which, indeed. <laughs> which is uh, was huge. It was like his biggest song ever. It was right. huge in the UK. This song, massive, massive Gigantic. hit. Everything I do, I do it for you. Um, the The actual music piece is written by Cayman, the and then obviously the lyrics and all that stuff is handled by uh, Brian Adams. But um, this uh, this moment where they all kind of come in has a serious tone to it. Let's have a listen. Look! Look what they've done! So it's interesting, it's like, you, you can hear that music a little bit, you can hear the everything I do in it, except they just sort of modulate it a little to sound a little darker. It's just yeah. clever, it's clever use of the music. But, um, look what they've done! They got a little scratch on his face. I think he's actually quite fine. He's, pre- he's pretty much fine, they painted him up a little bit. But, <laughs> damn it all, it's going to take a minute to wash it. I mean, I'm not saying he needs a doctor. I'm just saying maybe, uh, you know, just be careful next time, I guess. We got a loofah, some soap. Truth be told, it's not that bad after all, is it? <laughs> Starting to think my son's a little pain in the ass, actually. In fact, I'm going to smack him around a bit. <laughs> just fucking smack this kid around. Uh, Told to take my anger out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, I haven't eaten in days. I'm just going to, I guess I'm just going to take me day out on him. Is there a blind old man here with food I could take? Oh, perfect. <laughs> just kicks him down. <laughs> oh, but this is also the moment where Will, Will Scarlet tries to challenge him and basically say. He's been a naysayer, hasn't he? He sure has. And he's just been like, well, fuck it. There's a price on your head, 500 gold pieces. I say we all take him in, get the sheriff off our back and get the bounty at least. And, you know, Robin makes a pretty good point of you really think he's just going to give everything back to you after that. Like, this is that that's going to write everything. Of course not. You're going to, he's going to have me delivered to him through you, and then he's still going to hang all of you. That's it. Yep. He doesn't care. But cool scene when he tries to uh, throw the knife at him. This is one of the more badass bow and arrow moments in this movie. It's fucking cool, huh? Shoots him through the glove, I think. Not oh, even yeah. the hand. No, no, he gets him through the hand. <laughs> oh, definitely through the hand. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You can see blood I, on the other side of it. Oh, I always thought it wasn't because he's not injured the rest of the movie. I always thought it was supposed to be a glove shot. But, yeah, you see the blood on the arrow. 
<laughs> he just got it perfectly between them finger bones. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> or else your shit would be pretty fucked up forever. Yep. And this is where he's like, listen, we, we got to do something. We got to face the price. <laughs> because um, Kevin Costner's going to mount this fucking tree. Yeah. Give a speech. That's right. And it's not, it's not over the top. He's just like, listen, we're free. And, uh, mm-hmm. and a free man defending his home. And this is where he gives some props to Azim. is more powerful than 10 Dude. hired soldiers. I do really like that line. And I like how that actually does come back later. It does. That's fucking yep. cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that this is, is good. Cool. I'll make you no promises save one. That if you truly believe in your hearts, Matthew, that you are free, then I say we can win. Mm-hmm. And off, off to a fucking glorious 80s montage of preparation. Yeah. Making arrowheads, fucking sharpening them up. Ah, oh, it's good. I'm actually yep. super down with this montage, man. I miss a good montage every now and then. Me too. It's, it's awesome. Good. I like it. It's fucking good. I like seeing our boy teaching him some sword play. And then uh, yeah. they start harassing people. I love it. I like they just start doing their guerrilla warfare, dude. <laughs> All right. Off to being highwaymen we go. Yep. And they're, and they're, and they're proud of their uh, bounties increasing. Yeah, exactly. I like how we keep seeing the proclamations, it you know, being smacked to the wall and increasing in price over and over and over. Yep, it's cool. And uh, of course, the lamenting of Rickman. <laughs> He's so mad he can't do anything about it. Oh my you, you god! Know, this movie, listen, it's nineteen ninety one. It's Robin Hood, and you can tell by watching the movie that they're going to win. We know historically in every Robin Hood tale, he wins. So we feel good the whole time we're watching the movie. We're not concerned. It's just nah. a ride, man. It's fun. That Yeah, that's actually a very, very good point. That's another whole aspect to this being such a well-known classic tale that is, even if it's loosely defined, it's still a very recognized definition. And we all know Robin Hood's the good guy that's going to win. And that's it. That's a weird story to have to tell because it's like there is no tension about is Robin Hood going to make it? Of course he's going to make it. And it's all just how interesting of a battle is he going to have to mount to get to that good ending that we know is coming um, and the, the inventiveness of it. And that's that's the shit that I think this movie does honestly do pretty fucking well. Uh, and that's also why I don't mind Rickman being so big and wild and crazy. I'm like, that's like Robin Hood is the good guy who's going to win. That is a foregone conclusion. So we got to find our our other fucking avenues of entertainment along the way. Like, what makes that ride interesting? Yep, yep. I'm um I uh, I was being very devil advocate about him, but I'm I'm coming around on it. Oh. He's so fuck this fucking scene. And I mean, it, it is again, this is the moment of the movie that like it's a fucking cartoon, basically. Right. Right. It's so ridiculous. But, but you know, Robin Hood's being- supposed like you know, that's what's so fucked up about this movie. It's supposed to be, right? Isn't this supposed to be a swashbuckling movie? Basically, yeah. Kind of, that's, right? That's why honestly the stuff that's more out of step, I would say, with the tone is the more serious shit. Like, it's it's not the, like, wild, over-the-top goofiness. I mean, even though there are times where I'm like, I personally feel like, ah, it's a little bit too cartoony. I'm like, I feel so, like you can okay. embrace that more. So so I think we're having a revelation here. Maybe maybe the movie is even better if they discard the serious stuff. I kind of, you know what? Yeah, I'm actually leaning that way. Because you know what? You know what I'm thinking of? Because you can a, still run Azeem the way he is, and it still totally. works. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm thinking of that is the perfect example of a movie like this that maintains a extremely consistent tone and nails it to the wall and is a fucking classic for it 
Princess Bride. Oh my God, yes. Like it's, I mean, the tone of that movie is is consistent from start to finish. It is a lighthearted, fun, silly, over-the-top movie. It's a fairy tale, and it takes it, and we talked about it when we covered it, like, it takes its fighting seriously. That's, I mean, that's still one of the coolest sword fights put in fucking film. It's fantastic. Yep. They take that choreography very seriously, but the banter around it is lighthearted and fun. Like, they kept it lighthearted and fun. Even the torture machine is so grandiose and big and cartoonish that it becomes kind of silly it's not Correct. truly terrifying yeah. and they nail that they nail that and this is an example of this movie gets a lot right but the tone of it swapping back and forth from fun lighthearted, uh, uh you know a story that an eight-year-old kid can watch and enjoy and get behind and it's like a swashbuckling fun ride and then it goes into like i'm going to rape marion and stab everyone like, do, do you think though it's a little you, fucking much but, but be honest do you really think the tonal shift is a constant it's not like a kaleidoscope. I only think there's a few times, right? Well, oh, yeah. It's not like every scene from scene to scene is just like all over the place. I would say it's like three or four big points in the movie where it shifts into like uh, it's a kind of a hard shift. Yeah. Well, what are yeah. those points? Let's discuss them. Ooh, well. Do you think the I, death of, of Lord Loxley? Hmm. Good question. Actually. I don't really think so. Because it's almost um, like cartoonish. Like, oh, no, the fucking KKK looking guys grab him, you know? <laughs> I don't think you have to show as much as they showed, though, when I think about it, as far as taking, making it less serious. Like, you could show him charging off, you know, charging into them, and they, they just head want. toward him, and, and that's it. And then, like, you do, Robin doesn't have to see his body. Okay. He just looks up. You know, yes, yes. You know what I mean? All right, I like it, I like it. Like, let's we don't keep have going. to see the corpse. Yep, let's keep going. So, all right, um, I agree with that. I think you want to keep that scene staged with the guys in the robes, and they kind of rush him. It just looks cool. Yeah. You know, it's like before he can get ahead of steam, they close in on him, whatever. Um, what about the, 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 the burning of the, the, what about the burning which drove the civilians into the forest? And look what they did. Like that, <laughs> with the kind of dramatic music behind it. Mm, good point. You know, you know what you could do with that? You could practically cut out the whole attack itself and just show all of the, their family showing up and like, what's going on? Why are they all coming here? And then just tell them, they, you know, <laughs> they scoured the Shire. You know, I don't and, like, mind you it, don't to be honest to... with you. I don't, I don't mind it. It's, that doesn't show anybody getting slaughtered. No, it's not like true. fucking Braveheart. Right, yeah, no, it's not like that. Um, um, well, what are some other moments? I mean, obviously the, uh, they, they do, I'll tell you, man, rape has never been so funny and lighthearted as it has been in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's real a fucking garish cartoon. That's for sure. It's a. It's a. It looks. It looks kind of fun. Funny, doesn't it? <laughs> this fucking movie. So, there's uh, obviously that silly right? old rape. Yeah. Look at the movie does to spread her unwilling legs. Isn't that clever? <laughs> Enough. This fucking guy's doing jujitsu to rape the girl. <laughs> Jesus. So, oh, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, so I don't know. There, I mean, is it? I'm trying to think of the what are the serious moments really like? The wailing, the crying of Will Scarlet to to be so extreme. <laughs> it's pretty fucking dark. Yeah, we're kind of being pussies now, aren't we? Though. Well, hey, is I he, mean, <laughs> is the Princess Bride a fucking badass, harsh fucking tale of blood and revenge, or is it a fucking pussy ass kids movie? It is. I mean, it yeah, is. Yeah, but that's and it's Princess great. Bride. This is Prince of Thieves. Different. Yeah, true. One's a princess, man. Well, they're trying to have the best of both worlds, man. One, one's a prince. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I 
I think if you take out the witch stuff, I think if you, I don't even know. I mean, I think some of the, there is some melodrama, but, but I don't know. I, I don't know, dude. Uh, now nah, we're, we're off, off in the, the weeds. weeds. We're off in the weeds on this. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, it's, uh, it's time for us to, uh, what do you want to talk about next? Well, mm, what is next? There's plenty I mean, of stuff. They, um, <laughs> so they, they, they do their raids and they, they have their training montage. I guess we're, I mean, we get the, you know, the silly Rickman scene of where he's like, oh, they still love him. Even now I've increased the price on his head and it makes me go after the people. He's popular. Right. Uh, and then he races out and I, the, the fucking moment when he turns the women, you be in my room, 1030, you 1045. I'm like, do they have watches? <laughs> do they have a fucking clock? Did they say 1045 in the 12th century? Right. <laughs> fucking so, hilarious. So maybe what I was sort of meandering on earlier is maybe what I'm starting to realize now as you say, and it's not necessarily recommended, but perhaps some of the discussion, the, the script decisions. Yeah. Yeah. The dialogue. The dialogue is a little goofy. Well, silly. Well, should we get to uh, our boy Friar Tuck? Yes, let's do it. Fucking Friar Tuck. Um, I gotta say, I feel like uh, Friar Tuck's a piece of shit in this movie. <laughs> he's he's kind of a piece of shit, and I'm like, why did you guys even take him in? Yeah, like why does he? Why? How does he win trust? Like, can you fucking give me an argument for that? When he, uh, I, I guess he's supposed to represent on some level this kind of intolerant jackass who comes around on Azim at the end, and it's supposed to be some sort of moral victory. Oh yeah, I mean by the end, but I'm like, talking about like represent- why do they why do they even want him to stay in their camp? Because what happens is they they rob this caravan, they fucking kill all the dudes, all, all the soldiers, and guy you know run retreats. And after they find this treasure that uh, you know Robin even notes like, oh, this treasure had a purpose. We need to find out what that was. The friar wakes up, and they're like, oh, do you want to be with us, friar? And he's like, I'd rather burn in hell, and kicks him in the face and runs away and then falls off the wagon. And he's like, well, do you want to be with us now? And he's like, fuck you, and bites his leg. And then they make him drag the wagon all the way back to their camp, and they're like, so we need somebody to preach to our men. Do you want that to be you? And he's like, huh, I guess so. And that's it. It's <laughs> like, well, this guy's still just been an asshole the entire time, but all right, it's, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Silly old drunk guy. Perhaps this is an area where we're well. It's funny because we we just had we just we don't know what we think of this movie, Matt. Because we just had this whole argument about like maybe if it was embrace the silly, and this guy couldn't be more silly. Oh, he's so fucking silly. And I'm not even saying it's a problem. I just think it's funny the way it's written. Of like, why do you take this fucking guy in? Like, he's just a dick. Well, I mean, the they time. did just raid his fucking whole stash and attack him. I mean, it's, you know what I mean, dude? It's like, now that it's being funny, it's hijinks. All hijinks. Yeah. I'm just a big, red, cheery-faced, sloppy drunkard. Yep. Weird, so, weird fire talk. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he can kill the priest at the end and be the true man of God, I guess. Spanish <laughs> steel cousin. Well, yeah, they let Friar Tuck in, even though he's just been a a weird drunk dickhead the whole time. <laughs> but now he's going to be, uh, you know, camp chaplain. There you go. Um, want to talk about the death of Guy? Ooh, it's pretty fucking harsh. I mean, it is a nice little shock, too. I'll give him that. 
again, it's real fucking serious. Which I'm like, well, you're going down the serious route here, but okay. But it is good. Like this scene itself, in a bubble, just this scene. I'm like, it's solid. He's fucking scary in how just how little of a shit he gives about his own family. Just the uh, the idea of failure and the idea of his reputation and name being attached to retreat or loss of any kind. He's like, no, I can't have one of my lieutenants slayed. I'll I, do it. I, I again, we're all over the place with this movie with our feelings and thoughts. That is, I I don't like guys exit from the movie because I want guy to be in the movie more. However, yeah. I do like this reminder that this incompetent guy who's getting beat at every step is still ruthless. Yeah. I think it's a good reminder. And even though it's kind of a funny line, it's also ruthless where he's like, it's good steel. Like he just killed him with it. Because the whole, we've, we've seen him be sort of a buffoon and the bad guy that we know is not going to win in the end. But I think it's important that we get a reminder that he is fucking ruthless. And it's brief, and he stabs him, and it's pretty intense. But I think it makes sense in the script Yeah, at this no, point in the movie, which is about the halfway point. Mm-hmm. It's intense, yeah. man. I mean, the close-up on him sinking the blade into his stomach is pretty extreme. Yep. He fucking goes down. I can't have my lieutenant fail me. Uh, what do you think of Bull and and I think his name's uh, Much the Miller's son? There couldn't be couldn't be more of a Marion Pippin ripoff. Oh, so Marion. Tolkien's like you, son of a bitch, <laughs> you bloody bastards, you damn Yanks, coming in here stealing our characters. <laughs> now you'll steal my characters. No, oh, we're all the yeah. characters myself. <laughs> Why is he a whiny weirdo? Um, what do you, what do you, what do you think of these little dudes? I mean, they're fine. Like this is only, this is their only real big scene in the movie. They're kind of around in other scenes. This is the only moment where it's like, they're, just in, they're in it quite a bit though. Oh, they're in it quite a bit, but this is like the one of the only scenes where it's like just them for a moment talking. And then they, they ambush, uh, Marion and Sarah. Yep. Well, they, uh. they left from Rome. Just that I'm passing. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Costner's butt hooks. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. Come on. He's like, get my ass in the movie. Oh, my ass in the... F- I've been doing... Is he Steven Seagal? <laughs> A little bit. Sometimes. I, I actually kind of feel like they might be similar off camera. <laughs> Easy. Not that bad, but... Easy. A little bit of similarity. <laughs> in what way? Just like, a, yeah, you A know, com- hey, One's a hey. complete fraud. <laughs> No, just the whole attitude of like, hey, it's me. <laughs> hey, I'm me. Like, like in other words, sort of pleased with themselves. A <laughs> little bit. A little right, bit. Fair enough. <laughs> like, uh, oh, I can have that table. It's me. Like, I feel like he just fucking big dicks everywhere he goes. You know, oh, he, you know what I mean? Kevin Costner is definitely a big dicker, which He's is 100% dicker. probably why Johnny Depp was like, nah, I'm not taking the Will Scarlet role. I'm good. Nah. Yeah, Johnny Depp's I'm go. like, I'm the big dick. Okay. Exactly. Look at all my rings. Look at my vest and my guitar. <laughs> I got I don't play fourteen second. scarves on. You're only gonna give Will Scarlet one scarf. Not enough. I will I've, refuse to be this character. I fucked every broad in France. Listen, you're not gonna. I'm not playing second fiddle to this ding dong to fucking wolves dancer over here. Nah. <laughs> I need fifteen more scarves and five million more dollars. Um, this is good stuff out of our lady uh, Mary Elizabeth. I'm gonna call her. Like that Mary. sort of overwhelmed, 
right sort of reconciling her feelings. Oh, it's cute. It's adorable. It's oh. a crush. I like it. Now that I've seen his posterior, I feel differently. Mm. <laughs> Not going to lie, I'd like to shag him rotten. <laughs> like to cup his buttocks. Um, I like Robin Hood's outfit in this next scene. But um, he's like, check out this camp I've made. Isn't it cool? <laughs> we got some pretty cool tree houses. That's our fort. Um, <laughs> on Wednesdays, dad- we do comics up on the uh, the third uh, the third plank up there. So, you know, bring your favorite Spider-Man, Superman, whatever, you know. If you get hungry, my dad brought us some Ritz crackers. Well, got those um, over here. But like at like 10, we kind of have to keep it down because my mom has to work early. Um I do got a battery power boom box, so we can, like, just gotta keep the volume low. My dad said you could definitely stay over, um, but you just have to like hey, your mom has talked to my mom, um, and you can like stay over. So, Lil John, stop being so loud! <laughs> keep hitting everything. <laughs> Why'd you have to bring your dumb kids? We're too young for this scenario. You have a kid in it. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, a bunch of kids and trees. Um, I like the cute stuff with the arrows and the distractions and the coughing. It's fine. And she, yeah, distracts and, and Hey, we're an hour and 20 minutes into the movie. If they're going to fall in love, you better start putting in the work. <laughs> you better start showing it. They got time. time. We always knew they were attracted to each other. We, get oh, but it. of course, but of course. Yep. Um, Friar Tuck is, uh, is talking to the men, keeping their faith. Obviously that's his job. He's, uh, <laughs> You know, I actually like this actor too. Uh, you got a bone to pick with Friar Tuck, don't you? What's that? You got a bone to pick with Friar Tuck. He's just like until basically the very end. He's really annoying. Like, and his only character, like, he's not even a good like man of the cloth. He's just like, and with this this holy wheat, we can make beer. I'm like, that's that's your only thing, isn't it? It's, it's pretty fucking one note. He's the drunk I'm the guy. drunk fat guy. I'm like, all right, it's fine. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> you are so weird that you have this stick up your ass. <laughs> it's, it's so funny so to me. It's such a funny fucking bugaboo. <laughs> 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 everybody. I'm basically Bill Cosby now. <laughs> it's the weirdest Fuck thing. You. It's the weirdest hang up. You're like, fuck fire talking his drinking drunk ass, man. (laughs) Fuck, I don't drink. I live clean, man. Fuck fire talk. (laughs) It's not even that. It's just like, all right, he's the friar. Like, I'm so gay. Again, I'm totally being biased. There's a hundred people in this movie. Oh, there's so many fucking. You want him to have a fucking whole (laughs) backstory? It's not quite Day of the Jackal, billions he, and billions of characters, he can, but it's dozens we, and dozens of characters. We can't have a one-no fucking throwaway character who's supposed to be funny. <laughs> it's true. You're right. But I just always think of the Friar from the fucking cartoon one with all of his, like, he did shit. Like, I'm just used to, I think of the Friar as being, like, one of Robin Hood's, like, kind of right-hand men. And he, like, he ends up Fair being enough. really important and fighting and doing stuff. And he just, when he's just like, I'm a big, cheery face truck guy, zip it up. Like, fucking, what? all right. Dude, you sound it. like you have a head injury. What is that voice? That's, that's Friar Talk, man. That's exactly, that is an exact impression <laughs> of what he sounds like. 100% accurate. Yeah. 
You, you guys haven't watched the movie. You don't fucking know. Take my word for it. By the way, I <laughs> like this next. Like. I like this, this next part where Kevin Costner brings his wannabe girlfriend into his treasure room. He's like, "See all this money I got?" So, uh, you know, yeah, I can did you provide. bring me his frog? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. But also, this is a this moment. I don't mind. I do think it's kind of me odd too. how he's like. It's intended to bribe King Richard's enemies to unite against him. I'm like, how did you figure that out? <laughs> like earlier, we saw him find the thing with the gold in it, and they're like, this gold has a purpose. There's so much of it. I'm like, that's fair. That's a fair thing to kind of figure. Like, why would they be carrying, transporting so much? But then it just like, you know, a couple scenes later, he's like, yeah, it's blood money. He's bribing all these barons. I'm like, damn, you, you got like a fucking private eye on this? Well, that's because he intercepted it. Well, he intercepted it, but he didn't know where it was going. They didn't question anybody. At least not we saw. I mean, I don't yeah. fucking... Dude, hey, by the way, I know it sounds like it. Don't fucking care. Don't care. <laughs> don't fucking care. I'm just like, huh, that's an odd thing. Sounds like you care a little bit. I don't Between really the gold and Fryer Tuck, I don't know. You're getting there's a little this, you know, up. There's this You want to take thing? a break? You want to take a breather for a minute? And then go wash your face? <laughs> there's this thing in the podcasting biz where uh, it's what we call needing something to talk about. <laughs> Because we have nothing to talk about? What are you talking about? We've been talking for how long? Talking so long. Two hours, guy. Two hours. We gotta fucking plow through here. Yeah. It's very romantic. They like each other. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the pitch meeting? The fucking the writers there? Yeah, it's, you know, page 16 (laughs) through 18, real fucking romantic. They like each other. Skippity scop, moving on. (laughs) Why did God paint you? Because he wanted little cracker boys to be scared when I chopped their heads off. He was a girl and she was cute. She's innocent. Leave her alone. I know. I'm just being a shit. No, it's actually really cute. And I actually really like the way he says it here. He's like, Allah glories in, you know, variability. And he likes to see all these different kinds of people. And God loves us all. And then the supposedly other religious man's like, (laughs) devil talk. Get out of the devil. Don't talk to the devil. Scary painted devil man from scary desert country. Yeah. The irony of you doing a, by the way, terrible Cosby uh-huh. impersonation. <laughs> uh, that's, not, that's not my Cosby. That is my 100% accurate Friar Tuck from Robin Hood Brinson theme <laughs> voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> uh, let's see if I can do it. <laughs> yeah, come on. Give me that Friar Tuck. Let me see if I can give me that do your Friar Tuck. <laughs> All right, don't fucking crowd the fucking plate, dude. I'll throw it right at your face. Let me get my heat going. You better back off the plate. Hold on. All right, All right y'all. I want to hear your script read. I'm just going <laughs> to... <I can't... laughs> can you give me a line? First of all, you do it, because I, I can imitate, so you do it. <laughs> all right, I'm going to give you a line. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, first, I'm going to do it. Do it the right way. <laughs> I'm going to do it the right Dude, I'm going to do it the 100% authentic to the film Kevin Reynolds' vision for Friar uh, Tuck. Tuck. Okay, go. All right, so I'm going to give you the line, and then I want, <laughs> then I want you to do it. Okay. Right. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Don't trick this child with the twist of the devil's tongue! <laughs> All right. Here I go, ready? <clears throat> trying to be a professional here. Don't trick this child with the trick of the devil's tongue! Dude, why are you doing Bobcat Goldthwait? You sound like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's do, do, so do Friar Tuck. Do Friar Tuck. Why are you doing Bobcat Goldthwait? Oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, ready. I'm just a fat drunk Friar in the movie. 
Dude, I don't get it. I keep giving you this authentic, exactly the way it is in the movie, Friar Tuck voice, and you're just fucking doing like a shitty Bobcat, Goldthwait, Bill Cosby combo. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm going to get the beer and put in the drink in the beer and I'm a friar. Nailed it. You finally got it. That's the one. That's it. I lo- I got lost. I had my movie playing and he was talking and I actually thought the sound was on. I'm just going to put Spanish fly up in your beer. Whew, that's, I'm telling you, that's how you have a stroke, people. Oh, that's rough on the throat. It's tough on the throat. It's, it's not good. Wow. Well, I'm glad I got it. Thank you. By the way, good job on the, on the coaching. Man, yeah. honestly, that mm-hmm. was really good. You should do I'm a gonna, behind the uh, actor studio thing. <laughs> I actually, speak of the devil, I already got my website up for acting consulting. <laughs> good God, I swear to God, I'm a white fryer from 13th century England. <laughs> All right, now, so for <laughs> you paid your $85 fee for to sit for 30 minutes with me. Um, That's and we're it. Gonna coach you. We're going to work on a script read. From the streetcar named Desire. And I'm going to go ahead uh, and, and give you my read, and I want you to try and do the same. Stella! <laughs> All right. Just like that. Just like Brando. Go. All right. Hold on. Stella! <laughs> Nailed it. My, my dog's going to freak good. out. God, I'm good. Not you. Not you, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're so good. You just transform us, these fucking little piss puddles, uh, into beautiful welcome. lakes. You're all welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Robin Hood and Marion fall in love. They do, and the and the guy has a fucking baby, and I don't really care about that, dude. Yeah, did they give her a C section? <laughs> There's a lot of work put in to get to give Will Scarlet a reason for being in this movie, huh? All of this is meaningless. I was lost after my mother died, my father too, and for a short time he found comfort with another woman. It's a nice way of saying he was having sex with a peasant. Yeah, and. uh Thought he betrayed my mother's memory. That's not even the scene, though, is it? They got it because little John has a baby. Wait, well, the I wife that was later. No, oops, you skipped. Oops, I she skipped. has a baby, and then Fire Truck's like, "Oh, you're not so bad." I, I like the way. No, you... I didn't. That's right after this scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying he he tells Marion about his father, uh, what he did after his mother died, and how hey, he guess what. Know, don't matter. Don't matter, does it, though? Hey, don't matter. Like Nobody cares all, about any of that part of this stuff. Nobody. Nobody watching this gives a fuck. <clears throat> I can assure you. So. <laughs> they make out on the fucking, on the misty riverbank, and it's romantic. Yeah, they do. He they do. After, after Azim is finally given permission to give his heathen, horrible, scary cesarean. That, would have, that absolutely saved this lady's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking no monster. Problem. I tell you what. I'll tell you what you don't want to do. You definitely do not want to do a C-section in Sherwood Forest. Dude, that's probably one of the biggest fictions of this movie. Like, that is a major surgery. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> what like oh fuck can you just imagine like he's like uh, trust me let me do it don't listen to the fat stupid sounding bobcat goldfish <clears throat> sounding fire fryer tuck i know what i'm doing and he just walks outside just elbows up <laughs> fucking elbows up to blood and he's like i she's dead i fucked it up bad because <laughs> i only had a sword what did you guys expect why'd you let me do that yeah and then they they just hang him that's what would really happen 
He fucking kills her. They hang. <laughs> and they turn on Robin Hood. They're fucking shooting arrows at him. He's running through the woods like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's all ruined. <laughs> it's all ruined. <laughs> They're well, stringing he, up Marion. His his arrow wounds lead him to, uh, to get killed by wolves like 14 <laughs> days later. Fighting over his fucking thigh bone. Yeah, exactly. Torn to pieces. You just hear the fucking laughs, the laughs of the sheriff of Nottingham just echoing out of the night. Anyway, he's going to hire Celts. This is before they were the good guys in three years. In three fucking years, <laughs> and also it's so silly that they're called Celts. Like I was, I was watching a, th- a little thing about like the history, the history around this era and this movie and shit. Of like, they definitely even in that time would have been called the Scots. Like, of course, of course, Celts. Like that's like Roman era fucking tribes and shit. Like they, they're, they're Scottish. That's what they are. Yeah, but Pig they're people. scary because they can stick a burning log against their hand and not mm. even fucking squirm. So dumb. Trembling fears, he unsheaths his boot and takes his bare foot and steps directly on the corner of a Lego. Mm. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, she sets up the letter. The letter gets intercepted, or, or it's not even going to go, right? She's trying to get a letter to... Uh, to Richard, King Richard. Yeah. That's not going to happen. <clears throat> not going to happen. And then we this get is, this cutscene. After- Let's talk about the cutscene. The cutscene. Oh, yeah. oh, the barons. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the same one uh, that he brings the Celts in with? Yeah, yeah. We didn't really talk about it. It's just weird. They're all like doing their Satan shit. Doing their weird... I'm like, that's the other weird thing about this. I mean, hey, guess what? Before I even say it, don't fucking matter. But ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> don't fucking matter. <clears throat> but it is weird how like these barons are obviously not allied to him officially yet because he's still trying to pay them off and convince them and i've hired celts to get the job done really come on side with me yet they're all satan worshipers together and they've already murdered loxley with him i guess sure so i'm like seems like you've already tossed your hats in on this whole deal <clears throat> yep Doesn't but all right by hey, the way don't fucking should have kept it out of this cut too i wish i could watch a theatrical cut honestly i do too straight up yeah, yeah. it's better it's better there are times where they're like oh director's cut i'm like yeah it's not don't waste your time yeah director's cut's not always a cool thing yep i agree uh marion gets snagged our lord wants a word with you she's about <laughs> to get forced into marriage classic medieval trope oh yeah Duncan rides off with a beautiful white horse. <laughs> there they were, the four white horses. And I thought, well, if we ever find the lady. Duncan does his trek wow. back to Sherwood and lets them all know what's going on. Of course, he's going to succumb to his injuries. <laughs> Indeed. Fucking dead ski. But he leads the Celts unknowingly. Oh, you ding dong. Stupid old blind man he who was faithful to me to the day, last day of your life. Next time, I'm scoop your heart out, too. <laughs> Idiot. God. So awful. Here come the Celts. By the way, they wield that catapult far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fucking catapult. Yep. Yep. 
That's definitely Fire. definitely English catapults, by the way. <laughs> Fucking Celts didn't, Celts didn't push them shits all the way down from Scotland. Oh, well, that's the funniest part is that he just used the Celts to be like, ah, you rush in there front line and fucking try and grab some <laughs> prisoners and just smash your way through. And they, of course, like repel the Celts. And he's like, all right, well, now I'm just going to use my actually armored own men with <laughs> with their flaming arrows and catapults, their siege <laughs> weapons for with these their, grass huts. With their discipline <laughs> and training, you know. <laughs> What's funny about this is that- in there to die. Yeah, right. It's, it's really funny because, I mean- we never quite get a sense of scale in this movie. The skirmishes are only 15 to 20 guys. You don't really get the impression you're going to have a whole regiment cavalry just riding through the woods, right? <laughs> that's True. why it's always, that's one of the things I think about now more than it is a kid. I'm just like, well, I mean, does the sheriff have an army? Because he could just roll them right through and win. And right? And fucking <clears throat> win? But... We finally learned that uh, these men are protecting their home, but the Celts run in and uh, kind of catch these guys off guard. They're trying to flee up into the trees. They're trying to use their uh, height advantage. Raining arrows down on them from the trees is really cool to the point where they just start routing. They're like, fuck this. We're getting smoked. Right, right. That was cool. How many Celts are we going to kill with bows before they learn their fucking lesson? <laughs> but, um... But- Dude, as soon as the flaming ship breaks out, though, these grass huts. Game, set, <laughs> it's, match. It's over. You're done. That's hey, Costner's it. a lefty, huh? <clears throat> I did not realize that, yeah. Yeah, he's shooting a bow left-handed. Doing it. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Remember, this is pre-Gladiator. This is a pretty impressive... This is a pretty impressive action, staging of action. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, nothing we haven't really talked about <clears throat> that I think this movie does very, very well is the sets and the costumes they look yeah, fucking man. good yeah like all that stuff actually looks really really good uh the the leather armor the steel armor the armored fucking <laughs> horses and i mean these massive tree houses and the like wood bridges between them like it's pretty big set um and the castle mm-hmm. sets all look pretty good like nothing looks cheap or shitty it all stands the test of time like that's honestly one of the bigger problems with fantasy movies of that like late 80s early 90s era is they they look kind of cheap usually <laughs> they look for sure happy because they um, were because they were <laughs> cheap and shitty uh <laughs> and like when they fucking dump in the money and the the, the time to really design it it looks really good Conan the barbarian here. excalibur in this movie i mean it, they're they're pretty close yeah right i think conan i always think conan um i always think it was 81 i always think that in my head but it's 82 so, I mean, that's nine years before this. That's kind of a long time in the cinema world. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And then John Borman's Excalibur was, let's see, 81. So a year before Conan. That's crazy. Wow. But those three movies always stood out to me. Excalibur and, in, in, of course, uh, Excalibur and Conan feel very 70s to me. They feel seventies-ish, yeah. right? Exactly. Excalibur is pretty damn gritty, but um, we'll we'll have to cover that sometime. I've still <clears> never <throat> seen Excalibur. John Borman. It's my favorite Arthurian film mm. of the Arthur legend. <clears throat> anyway, um, cults, uh, Celts. Sorry, uh, mm-hmm. some some action hijinks and some some captures. Yep, Will gets captured. And some other nameless people that don't matter. Oh, the kid, Wolf, he matters. 
Yeah, he gets captured, gets nabbed up because, you know, he's a kid and a guy can just scoop him up with one arm. Which is exactly what the guy does. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm wearing chain mail. I'm just going to take you with me because I'm a man. That's what men do. (laughs) Well, full grown ass man, I can just wrap an arm around you and take your wriggling body away. Mm. Ta-da! Got chain mail on too, so whatever you think you're going to do, don't bother. But this is where uh, this is this is where the sheriff feels like he's got a win here. He's got a victory. Now finally, posting a W. Finally, yeah, he finally puts one in the win column. He's got a couple of hostages, and now he's closing on Marion. Mm-hmm. And they think Robin is dead because he fell from the trees after you know getting Sarah out back to Little John. Yep, and he's like, "Oh no, I brought you here for your protection." From yourself. You misunderstand my intentions. (laughs) And that's when we reveal the betrayal. I feared you were being led astray. The bishop says. (laughs) See, this is more good Rickman shit, too, of where he's like, even once he's got, like, he could do the whole bad guy thing where he turns on her, like, you were actually helping them and getting mad. He's he's more charismatic than that. Right. He's like, oh, you were being led astray. You didn't know any better. And just like also just the implied fucking violence, dude, when he of brings course. up the kids and he's talking to that little girl. He's like, oh, well, I had a horrible childhood. I'll tell you about it someday. I never met either of my parents. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm sane. And he's like, <laughs> I, I, I have to hang the ringleaders, of course. <laughs> like He's so matter of fact about it. I'd like to spare some. Uh, and he's talking to me, Yeah, like your traitorous lady in waiting. So good, and that's when he's like, "Well, time for you to marry me." And I love the slick, the again, the slick staging of this, where he backs out, and the and the bishop rolls in to convince her to do it. That's <sighs> so creepy, man. Real that's creepy. some bad guy shit. <laughs> yeah, I have no choice. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, good creepy shit. And he's talking. About, he's just threatening her with the lives of the kids and everything else, and. He's just, like you said, good bad guy stuff. <laughs> and of course, Azim and, and uh, Little John find that Robin is alive. He is well. Not all hope is lost. He is. Uh, Rickman in the torture chamber is great Dude. in the dungeon. Just delighting in it. Death or torture? Yeah, torture. Let's, have a li- let's have a listen. He's so pleased with the line. <laughs> Would you prefer pain or death? Death. Torture him. <laughs> and he does it again. What about you? Pain or death? Uh, pain. Torture him. <laughs> you see, it makes no difference. Spare me. <laughs> he fucking rules. <laughs> Torture him. <laughs> You he see, so he just combines the two. Tortrum, Tortrum, yeah. <laughs> and this is where Will Scarlet's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'll betray him for you." I, as much as Will Scarlet has been uh, pretty, not much to him so far. I actually do like this because right here, as a, you know, it first plays time into his his anger, you know, right? Yeah, you're like, well, it seems like that might be something he would do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he, he'd fucking, he wanted to turn Robin Hood in earlier. Like, yeah, kill him now to get your freedom. Especially when you're already being hung upside down, prepared to be tortured to death. Yeesh. Yeah, it's a, sounds like a good deal. Yep. And uh, they bury Duncan. Duncan dies. 
and um, some dialogue here. I once heard a wise man say, <clears throat> right, there are no perfect men in this world, only perfect intentions. Um, I like that I see him calls him Christian. That's cool. Christian. <laughs> he never calls him Robin this entire movie. <laughs> Christian. Yeah. <laughs> but fucking he's good here, man. Like, Costner's fine in this, dude. <laughs> he's not bad. He's just, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a memorable performance. <laughs> no, but he's good. Like, he's not, you know, I don't know. His best performance <laughs> is Dancing with the Wolves, no question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you haven't so seen it, and you should. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, I know. he's really, really should. Uh, really should. Same guy who directed uh, uh, Last Samurai, too. So Hell yeah. Who's that? Ed something. <laughs> I can't oh, remember his name. Excellent. Yeah, that was a podcast. That was a Dude, podcast, ladies nailed and gentlemen. It as good as I fucking nailed Fire Tuck's voice, baby. Fucking 100%. That was, I'll tell you what. It was uh, Zwick. There we go. Edward Zwick. Hey, old Eddie Zwick. <laughs> It's funny, I was just looking at the budget for uh, Excalibur, and it was like $11 million, and last year I was like four hundred and fifty. <laughs> That's so insane. Oh shit. Inflation's hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there's the Tom Cruise factor. Oh, yeah. But, um, Will Scarlet, this is, um, what do you think about this? This is kind of the moment. This is the, all right, Christian Slater, prove why you're in this fucking movie moment. <laughs> why are you here? Hmm. And Do you want to listen to it? Let's listen to it. Come on, right. let's have some fun. I've never trusted you. That's no secret. What I want to know is, are you going to finish what you've started? I want to know if he's going to turn and run like the spoiled little rich boy I always took him for. Did I wrong you in another life, Will Scarlet? Kind of. <laughs> Where does this intolerable hatred for me come from? He said. I like how Azim gets closer. Like, I'll chop his head off if I have to. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I, I, don't. I, I'll do it. From knowing that our, our father loved you more than me. Aww. Start a pirate radio station. Our father. We're your brothers, Robin of Luxley. I am the son of the woman who replaced her dead mother for a time. It was your anger that drove them apart. It's not a lie. You ruined my life. Heavy. Heavy shit, man. Listen. It's good stuff out of Slater. Does it make a lot of sense in this movie? Eh. Kind of. Not really, though. It's a very big, heavy it's moment a, about his father who he saw for like 10 seconds. and It feels like you could have made a different story about this conflict. Right. It, it um, seems to, it, it, there's not enough room for it in this flick. Yeah, that's, that's the problem with it. it. Like, There's no problem in its execution, the scenes that we see of it itself, Correct. but it feels tacked on. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, okay. It, it, it also, <laughs> and, it, it, and it feels so wrapped up before the climax. It's like, ah, well, I have a brother. In the introduction of it doesn't make much sense, does it? Because it's not as if, it's not as if we take Kevin Costner as a guy who runs from things and doesn't finish things. We've been never shown that in any capacity. We've right. only been told that, which is a screenwriting no-no. And it's only from Will. And then when he turns, 
and we have the great crescendo movie, and he's like, well, I will finish this. I think we're supposed to go, yeah, he will finish it. But <laughs> he's we changing never ex- his ways. We've never expected him not to. Right. We've never All we've been it, shown never, is a, a hard-charging, competent, courageous <laughs> hero. Very courageous, very honorable man who right. seems to do the right things, right? So it's not like we've ever had this moment, you know? So it, it doesn't, the conflict doesn't really work for me, despite Slater's best efforts, which are good there. I think he does a good job. Yeah, no, they're both good. Actors. I like Christian like Slater. They, I'm a fan. Yeah, no, me too. <clears throat> I like to bust his chops for having a silly 90s hair, but he's a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> but well, um another awesome. weird scene with oh, Rickman. This, this was all new. Wait, what's that? This is all new. Oh, is it all new too? Yep. Yep. Interesting. I never remember this guy writing anything. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, that, that is a weird moment. But dude, I can't tell you enough <laughs> how much I love this fucking Scrooge McDuck moment from Where he dives through the gold. Dude, I laughed so fucking hard because what a creative use of the whole frame of the camera too. Like I could see a lot of other villains, like Bond villains in the scene. Like that's such a, this whole, literally the camera angle itself is such a trope at this point of villains of this big immense table they have full of their riches or their piles of cocaine or fucking whatever. And they're at the end of the table, like ahead of it all, like ha 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 laughing. And you know, I could totally see other characters or their actors like putting their arms up real big putting their feet up on the table whatever but instead no he swims through all the gold and shit like to the camera like right up to the fucking lens just mm-hmm. knocking shit everywhere and just gleefully rolling around in it i'm like that is so committed <clears throat> and i fucking love it so so just to sort of clear this up movie dash censorship movie dash dash fuck Movie-censorship.com <laughs> has a report on Prince of Thieves comparing the theatrical cut to the extended version. And I'm just going to scroll through this quickly because I think this is kind of important. Um, let's see. Uh, new scene at the witch. In the extended version before the scene in which Robin Hood visits Lady Mary in the church dressed as a homeless person, you can see an entirely new sequence. An alternative stone on which countless intestines and in the, in the accessories lie appears on the screen, a hooded figure with a coat standing in front of it performing a ritual. That's all new. So that whole scene was not in the original cut. Interesting. Next. Um, another additional scene with the witch. Again, <laughs> the sheriff descends to the witch's arch using the dark stars. The witch is performing a ritual. During that, she looks into a laid out skull that gives off many clouds of smoke. The sheriff irriti- irritatedly leans before her at the altar, which a tongue offends the sheriff, who's one who writes all or whatever. That's a new scene. Um, let's see. Another new scene is um, new scene, a cult mass of the barons, hooded persons standing around a table, hum imploringly under a cloth in the <laughs> middle of the <laughs> table. A pentagram appears, all new scenes. Fucking silly. In Sue Sodom. Next new scene. Um, the sheriff celebrates his victory over Robin Hood. New scene at the witch. That's the one we're talking about right now. Four minutes, dude. Yowzer. A description field can be seen. The sheriff's caretaker asks how the sheriff's bride feels by writing the question down there. I would have 100% remembered that. That's how I was like, wait a minute. And that's what started me looking it up. Like, I couldn't remember all the Mastriana stuff, so it's Mastriana. The fuck's her name? It is, right? Mortiana. The, <laughs> yeah, that's Mary Elizabeth Mortiana to you. 
Uh, Mortiana. The Mortiana scene, like, I, I, I was like, yeah, maybe Was she this in is- the original, like, theatrical cut at all? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. I've seen him, the painted man. That was in the theatrical cut, because I'll never forget it. Oh, okay. Was whole- it basically that scene and then the end scene where she tries to kill Robin Hood? Yeah, it was not, not much. But yeah, those, that Baron scene and this big scene, I didn't remember at all. And dude, this next big scene is the weirdest fucking scene Super in the entire close-ups. Dude, it it's is bizarre, like... bizarre, man. I would hate to be anybody who was tripping on acid watching this movie, and <laughs> then this scene comes out of nowhere. Jesus Christ. You All of a sudden, you're living on Alan Rickman and some witch's face. <laughs> just, you're just there. You're just in it. Like, oh, fuck. I thought this was an adventure movie. <laughs> oh, God. It's so dark and weird yep um, but yeah and then, he confronts her on all of his, all of her portents being lies like she's, yeah, just, shit, all, she's just manipulating him with it's all garbage let's get to it's, the final scene <laughs> because this shit where they're planning is awesome nothing made me happier than seeing christian slater back in the fold and a good guy again because i love him you know especially when i was a kid i was like oh, awesome yeah. this is so cool he's helping he's friend they're friends again yay my cool boy Christian. Um, they're a little early on the on the gunpowder. Um, the <laughs> yeah, movie is supposedly around 1194. Uh, the Arabs knew about gunpowder roughly between 1250 and 1280. Ah, see, there you go. A little ahead of schedule, about 50 years or so. <laughs> but, Just um, slightly. Still, whatever works for the movie, it's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. Nobody watches Robin Hood to be like, wow, the fucking... This particular uh, Paul Droon on the armor mm-hmm. is not period. Like, come on, dude. Evidently, a lot of the armor and like period clothing is actually pretty accurate too. So I'm like, uh, eh, whatever. This movie did yeah. enough. This movie did enough right as far as in that fact, it may have gotten an award for costumes. I yeah, it deserves it. Fuck it, it's good. Sure, also, what, uh, what are we just going to give it now? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, I said it, and you're like, yeah, sure, let's do it. it. Like, as if we have the power. (laughs) Hold on, let me get one off my shelf. Hold on a second. All right. Uh, Yeah. There we go. That works. Hey, guys, it's it's been 30 years too late, but here's your fucking Oscar. Mm -hmm. Instead of that shitty Brian Adams song. Yep. Well, we see Friar Tuck Juice coming in, which is getting into the castle. And, (laughs) uh, of course, the fucking other guys dressed as cults. uh, Celts. I keep saying cults. Celts. And then a weird close-up on steaming shit (laughs) that Kevin Costner picks up and squeezes to put on his his costume to look more dirty. To keep guards away from him? I guess. Dude, that was one of those moments. That's exactly what happens. The guard's like, ew, you stink, and he moves away from him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we have to show it. I don't know. I thought it was an odd thing to show with such close-up. <laughs> I was like, why did you focus on that so hard? <laughs> All right, really, I want to see Friar Tuck, steam man. coming off it. Fucking horseshit and Friar Tuck. <laughs> yeah. They roll in. And I do, I do like the setup of everybody being spread out. I also kind of like not knowing exactly what their plan is. Like we see that they had planned yeah. it out. They had yeah. made a little like models out in the forest, even kind of drew up where they would be standing, but we don't quite know where that is yet. And we've talked about I, I love this like, action scene. What's that? I love this action scene. Yeah, it's cool. Like I like just seeing it unfold and everybody mm-hmm. hitting their marks, going to the right station, you know, the friar being like, here's the gunpowder. It's going to go right <laughs> there, buddy. <laughs> and like, it's fucking good shit, man. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And um, 
I'll never forget this line. Uh, great line. We've said it on this podcast before. When the kid goes for Slater's weapon, he's like, nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble for you there, boy. <laughs> oh, so good. Such a good line. Nothing but trouble. Yep. <laughs> but out come the prisoners for their hanging. Out they come. Boy, what a real hard up for good entertainment back in those days, huh? Mm. Well, like they say hanging somebody, yeah, it'll be all part of our afternoon. I like the uh, I like the uh, camera shot come pulling back from the noose. That's slick. Oh yeah, that actually is a pretty good shot. Yeah, there's a couple of random, really good ones like that. Actually, another one we we're way past it now. But uh, them when they're standing out there like in the clearing, Robin and Marion before she gets on the boat to go, that is like one of the most perfect fairy yeah. tale looking shots. Like that actually looked like them silhouetted against the dark. It's even on the poster. Like it looks yeah, yeah. really good. There's yeah. A couple of good ones in there. Yep, for sure. But also, uh, once this scene, once the action itself really kicks off, like, and of course, the big, the big dramatic part is that they string up, you know, the boy too. He's going to be on, you know, on the chopping block to be hanged. Um, and then, and, the, and then the wrench in the fucking, the wrench in the whole program is Will Scarlet getting snagged out of the crowd. That's it. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> I like his attempt at a lie here too of saying, Me well, too. he was already dead, like not claiming to have killed him. Cause that might seem a little too much. Right. But he's like, well, he was just already dead. I found the lair, but he just saw his grave. Do you like the way the, the executioner drools on his face? <laughs> Dude, I'll never forget really, that. He tried so hard to get that drool on him too. Like that was a very, like I've I'm going to get drool on him in this scene. That didn't just happen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fucking God, who wanted that? <laughs> Ugh, yeah. so gross. But uh, this is the moment, I mean, when the, when the hang, they fucking start with the boy. Fucking England didn't fuck around, did they? Right? Really? Fucking <laughs> laying it on thick with the punishment. <laughs> and, oh. um, but this is where I love Robin Hood here. I love him charging around, ripping arrows at the rope and just ignoring the guards because he's so focused I just thought it was such a cool thing. Like, like the guy comes at him to swing. He could turn and kill the guy, but he's just so focused. He just dodges and keeps moving. Yeah. Cl- That's just cool. cool. It's just cool action. Costner's good, man. He's good physically in this. Oh, yeah. And I mean, also, I just really like the fact that it takes more than one arrow to, na- to take out this fucking rope, too. Yeah. Like, that. that is such an added level of tension that I didn't expect. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's going to take more than that. This kid is still swinging. Yep, That's I love cool. the I love just the Loxley, Loxley, and then this Potter. shit kicks off. The fucking executioner just starts booting everyone down. This is really a really good action scene, man. It's really good, really well done. Yeah, no, it's cool. That was and that is such a perfect evil, vindictive villain move. No oh, they kicked off. They're here attacking. Go ahead and kick all the stools out before they can intervene. Like fucking kill them. Make sure they're punished. And you like, know, I, I love. I love the sun, like Wolf quickly reacting to get somebody's weight up. He immediately reacts. Yeah, yeah. As soon as they're dangling, he runs right up to him. Yep, it's cool. He knows what's up. That kid's good. Yeah, he is actually pretty good. I like the fucking hidden barrels of gunpowder everywhere. That was actually, that was another moment too that was really cool when when they didn't have any more space to hang Will and they were getting ready to fire up a fiery arrow into that one barrel, but they, instead they tie Will yeah. up on it to have him beheaded. Yeah. And you're like, oh fuck, we can't use that one now. 
Nice, and then, nice uh, little tensions being thwarted and, and hope and being just, regained. And everyone's doing cool little things. Like you have you have Azim with the flaming arrows. You have Robin Hood just sprinting around, doing just in the, in the midst of the chaos, fighting. Um, and then you have little John like ramming into the fucking... I love it. Just boom, he tackles the gallows and he bends oh, yeah. him down. <clears throat> uh, I, I remember boy. in the theater, I loved when Azim was up on the... He was up on the rampart in battlement there, and and uh, the fucking dude comes at him, and he pulls out the uh, he pulls out the I should say falchion, and the guy uh, just is like, "Fuck this, I'm not fighting this guy." That is a really good moment because the guy comes running out there. We cut to him pulling it out, and the guy just goes ah! and just runs away. Yeah, uh, um, we got it. We got to give our boy his his chance to shine. Let's have a listen. <laughs> I am not one of you, but I fight. I fight with Robin Hood. I fight against a tyrant who holds you under his boot. Hell yeah. If you would be free men, then you must fight. Join us Hit now. me with that soundtrack. Join oh. Robin Hood. Here it is. And the fucking arrow shenanigans are sick. Come on, it's fucking Robin Hood. Yeah, no, that's cool. And honestly, dude, we were talking about it earlier. You were saying how it's actually kind of cool that Azim gets to give the speech that stirs everybody to action. I just thought of another part of it that's actually really cool. Like the way he says it, where he he says his name and he's like, I am not one of you, but I will fight against the tyrant. I think it actually has an even bigger punch of the, like, he's an outsider. He's not an Englishman. He hasn't been living here. And he's saying, nope. I've been here way shorter than all of you. And I've like, you, uh, you all don't see how under the boot you even are. Like you're mm-hmm. so fucking used to it now. Like you are being crushed by a tyrant. Even I can see it. And I've barely well, fucking been here. Get and, to and work. That's, that's one of the things I've always found fascinating about his character. And one of the things I've always loved. I've just, I just love you. You know, you know about my qualms with, a uh, fucking like collectivist bullshit and nationalism and all that shit. And like, I love that he's like, I am not one of you, but I am going to do what is right. right. Regardless of if I am one of you or not, this is the right thing to do right now. And I you will fight a tyrant it. for freedom. That's I'll right. That. And, and that, and you guys should too, because exactly like I can get on a fucking boat and go back to my place. No problem. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this is, this needs to be done. It is true. That is another thing about it that we should say. It's like at any time you could be like, oh, "Fuck this, <laughs> fuck you, Christian. Why am I even here? I'm gonna go home. <laughs> no I'm gonna go fucking see my fucking family and kids. <laughs> Screw your shitty rainy ass country. I take back my Wookiee life debt." <laughs> <laughs> and the friar's like, "But I thought we were finally good along. <laughs> I thought we were still friends again." <laughs> It's perfect. Tis rebellion, my lord. We must escape. No, marry us. <laughs> <laughs> Such good Rickman shit. I love no. when I love when Marion spits on him and in in uh, in, uh and just smacks her in the face. That's so gangster. <laughs> That's my wife. You're hitting. <laughs> I will not. I I love this. By the way, I I I. <laughs> All right, all right, listen, come on, one more line, ready? Hell yeah. We, we got to hear this one because it's just too good. <laughs> so it's good. It's 
Mirio. Wait for you it. Must take her now. I will not take her until we are properly wed. For once in my life, I will have something pure. Will you stop interfering? For once in my life, I will have a pure forced marriage rape. <laughs> exactly. Okay, buddy. Yep. I love how like I forget he's so forcing, pure. He's forcing her to marry him. He's gonna fucking go try to rape her. But right before that, when she when when Mordiana slapped her, he's like, "That's my wife, Crown." <laughs> <laughs> like, are you standing up for her, really? As yeah. you fucking violently oppress her in the next second. <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous. Property man, <laughs> just insane fucking villain shit. Uh, Robin cruising through this stone hallway is awesome. He's swashbuckling the shit out of these guys. <laughs> dude, they're straight swashbuckling these dudes. Swashbuckled <laughs> them right down, didn't they? <laughs> they they grabbed that one dude and swashbuckled him right to another dude. Dude, that guy got swashbuckled down onto the floor. It was crazy. Fucking sticky gross. Swashbuckled in- so hard. Hell yeah, man. Hell oh, yeah. Fuck. Some guys get tied up. Some guys get buckled up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You ready to get buckled? I mean, you might. This ain't no swash tie. This is a swash buckle. This ain't your daddy's swash. <laughs> this, this ain't no swash buckle. This ain't no swash ribbons and fucking little strings, baby. We got a swash buckle. <laughs> and to all you new listeners, you might be thinking, is this. Have they lost their minds? And uh, yeah, at this point in the podcast, much, usually. Yeah. This is it's, about it. where, it's about where it cracks. Yeah. <laughs> where sanity starts to slip. Um, Buckled. Let's talk about the... Let's talk about the sword fight. Let's talk about the showdown. First of all, I love uh, I love when... Uh, what's your name? Impales. I, we, 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 Azim does a uh, set for charge, right? Set to receive charge, an old D&D thing. And he <laughs> just lays that pike down and she runs into it. Oh, it's so good. It's beautiful. <laughs> Just runs her through. She runs herself through, really. Yep. Do you mind, Loxley? Um, talk about this little swashbuckling showdown. Recognize this sword? <laughs> That's good out of Rickman. Recognize this? Recognize. Yeah. <laughs> this, is good, um, this is good choreography, I thought. Yeah, no, it's actually pretty solid, and it's pretty fucking, like... It's, it's fierce, it's fast. It's fierce, yeah, like, like they're knocking against the table, he slams his head down, and he chops so hard, that he, he's so close to him, he's taking off hair. Yeah. Like, there's some cool shit in here. Swashbuckling it's fucking aggressive. Oh, yeah. It's swashbuckling, because they're using the environment and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chopping shit apart. Yep. Marion lends some of her assistance, but yeah, they're, they're going for it, going for the gusto. Mm-hmm. And then we, we get our friar doing a little bit of justice to the corrupt bishop. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. Lots you of would gold. Not, you would not strike a fellow man of the cloth. He's <laughs> 30 pieces of silver. You <clears throat> pay the devil on your way to hell. You're going to need to pay a lot of gold for your trip. I don't know. You're getting a little Kermity. You're getting yeah, a little Kermity. Kind of lost in it. Let me. <laughs> well, I haven't been to one of your classes in about 30 <clears throat> minutes. So yeah, I should rusty. probably take a new class. <laughs> My throat's killing me. That helps. Let me try again. <laughs> You're gonna need a lot of gold for your trip. There it is. <laughs> it's perfect. God, <laughs> so proud. 
It's exactly like Bartok. It's exactly that I, I mean, like if, the movie. In any imagination, in any reimagining of Friar Tuck, that's got to be the voice. Yeah. I mean, that that is, I mean, that's how Chaucer described Friar Tuck sounding. <laughs> Chaucer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, good sw- jumping on tables, jumping off tables, knocking down statues, pursuit, movements, aggression, tripping, falling, screaming, slashing. And I love the fucking... I love the dagger shot. I like that. That's so slick. That's such a rogue move. <laughs> I, yeah, I knew you were gonna say that fucking rogue shit. Underhanded shit. a little bit. I like but it. It's cool, but I dig it. Yeah, that's the move, man. That's how you gotta be in Just life. Gotta get a it done. Bit. Every once in a while, you gotta pull out the hidden dagger. <laughs> <laughs> if you catch when he stumbles toward the front of the screen, too, you can see the burn mark from the uh, candle. Oh yeah, I noticed it's, that too. It's fucking gnarly looking. It looks real gnarly. It looks real. <laughs> and you know what's so so sad, really, at the end of the day? Because the sheriff had his sword, the tip of his sword, pressed against Robin Hood's chest. And why did he have to lean back and pull it up in the air to bring it down all hard? I'm like, just push. <laughs> just push forward. You win. He wanted to do it dramatic-like. <laughs> but I'm Rickman. I must do it big. <laughs> that was his undoing. Should have just leaned into it, just stuck it right through him. Uh, yeah, amen, baby boy. Uh, All right. Well, and then, of course, this bitch comes back and gets a uh, falchion thrown through her chest or a <laughs> scimitar. Ah, uh, it's depending beautiful. Depending on, you know, on your designation, they might. I love it. Yeah, dude. Waste that bitch. The painted man. <laughs> I would die for you. You came for me. Mm. Every time, baby. And then, and then hard cut to their adorable wedding. <laughs> fucking crashed by James Bond himself. It looks, the fucking wedding looks cool. And then, yeah, man. <sighs> Uncredited, too. Not How even in the fucking How badass credits. does he look? He does look great. God. It makes me want a Richard the fucking Lionheart movie with just Sean Connery playing him. It's, his, too real, late that uh, now. it's his real uh, arms. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, the coat of arms is real. That's actually like Connery's family coat of arms? No, 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 no. Richard the Lionheart. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, fuck, yeah, is Connery tabard. seriously have that? His I'd kind tabard. of believe it. I'll never forget that the image of how he looked was burned into my head forever because he looked so badass. He does look fucking cool. Just the, the, like the fucking samurai uh, chain mail over his head, basically. <laughs> so fucking badass. In the God, he looks cool. And by the way, Sean Connery. Could it be more of a big dick, could he? <laughs> that be, I shan't allow this wedding to proceed. Well, yes, I've come back. <laughs> Fuck Jerusalem, my, place sucks. Anyway. Going to put one of my meaty paws on either of your shoulders. Also, um, he, you know how much money he got paid for just this? Oh, God. A million dollars? No, no, no. <laughs> no not back then. Okay. About 280,000 bucks. Jesus. <laughs> that, well, yeah, he Dude. really did big dick everyone on the set. 280 bucks. I'll come there for an afternoon. You better have good scotch Tullamore too, at least. Uh, I think it was two, two actual days of filming. Not a bad <laughs> rate, kid. 150 grand a day. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. In no argument out of me. <laughs> good lord yeah man well they, they kiss they're married everyone's happy 
millions of doves escape into the sky like it's a John Woo movie. Yeah, it's adorable. It's beautiful. It's adorable. And it ends on our favorite character giving a monologue straight to the screen. Oof, that was... We wasted good celebration time! <laughs> I can't wait to drink! <laughs> That's all I do, it's all my character does in this movie! I don't want to be an asshole, but is this guy still alive? <laughs> I feel like I've seen him in shit recently. Okay, because he couldn't look more unhealthy. I know. My... Wait, is this... Is it... Which guy is it? Is it Mike McShane? Friar Tuck, jackass. Yeah, Mike McShane. Yeah, it's him. Um, yeah, he was been in a bunch of stuff. Most yeah. recent thing was a 2014 movie. Yeah, he's still at it. Not a boy. He's probably like like a ton of these guys from back in the day. He's probably real thin now. Right. He just dropped it all. Yeah. I'm on keto. I work out. I got a personal trainer. <laughs> you know. It's all good. All good. Robin Hood, huh. man. Robin Hood. Tis done. It's done. Well, you know what? Mm. I love this movie. Wow. Done. Coming out swinging. I'm not saying it's great, but I love it. I love it. There's a lot of of nostalgia, a lot of emotion. There you have it. Hot take. I I like it. I like it. It's fun. It's good. Don't quite love it, but I like it. Fair enough. Listener comments, baby. Let's fucking do it. Uh, Alex Olson, Kevin Costner looks like an annoying stepdad who takes mowing the lawn way too seriously. That's really good. Yeah, that is the exact haircut he asked for in this. <laughs> Can I have an angry stepdad haircut, please? No, a 1980s version of that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I've got one from Mr. Ian Dixon. I love this movie. Oh, you see, nice. when you screw with history like Braveheart did, it annoys me. It actually makes me legitimately angry. But with myths, folklore, and legends, hell, go for it. Do what you want. My favorite gaffe, though, has to be when Robin arrives in Dover, where he cheerfully proclaims that they would uh, be at his father's castle by nightfall. Dover to Loxley would take around five hours by car. They also decide to take a detour via Hadrian's Wall, which would add another 300 miles. <laughs> Not to mention coming from Jerusalem, dude. <laughs> right. Shit boat. Fucking seven-month journey that was. <laughs> Also, uh, Andy Smith, 30-minute death scene is ripped off. Uh, he's talking about Rickman. Rickman's 30-minute death scene is ripped off in Disney's Three Musketeers by, surprise, surprise, the other bad guy from this movie, Michael Wincott, which he doesn't oh, say. He goes, shit. nobody knows his name, but I do because I'm a Michael Wincott fan, bitch. Michael Wincott but, um, fan. Michael Wincott's death, he plays Rochefort, Captain Rochefort in oh, Three Musketeers. I haven't seen another that in movie, so long. By the way, another movie with Brian Adams. <laughs> Brian Adams, Brian Adams, Brian Adams. Um, also, more Brian Adams connection is that the cinematographer, I think, or the director, I think it was the cinematographer, did uh, Don Juan DeMarco or some shit, or some, somebody did that. Maybe it was Michael Kamen. Michael Kamen did the music for Don Juan DeMarco, which is hilarious because Don Juan DeMarco also has a fucking Brian Adams song. <laughs> That's some hell. crazy shit, right? <laughs> Brian Adams does this movie. He does a song in this movie, one in Don Juan DeMarco, and one in fucking Three Musketeers. God damn it. Brian fucking Adams. Mm-hmm. He's a swashbuckler boy. I think he's a swashbuckler. He might be a swashbuckler. <laughs> Guitarist, songwriter, swashbuckler. Yeah. Fucking weird. All right, some more listener comments. You got any more? Uh, 
Yes, I do. Go. I got one from Mr. Matthew Lewis. When I was in college, I had a Laserdisc player with a solid surround system, which made my room a popular place to ignore studying. My friends realized that it was cheap to pool money together and buy movies, which built my library with many great films and some ridiculous ones. Shortly before graduating, Robin Hood was released, and one night the crew decided that that would be our viewing. I still had the player when I started dating my wife some years later. Early on, when she first scanned through my collection of about 100 discs, it was Robin Hood that made her stop to ask why I owned it. I am quite sure that she was seriously questioning whether to break it off with me right then and there. Yowzers. So harsh. Nice. Anyone else? Yeah, there's a plenty. Danielle Kota. This is a great one. My brother and I went to see this in theaters with my dad, and we all became obsessed. My brother had the poster. I took archery lessons, and my dad cut his hair like Kevin Costner's. And he committed to the look. He had that moment for like five years. Full disclosure, I haven't watched in probably six or seven years, but I recall it's got a great score. You are correct, Danielle. A Mm -hmm. great score. A great cast and great fight scenes. Yes, 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 Danielle. You know what's up. Alan Rickman's uh, as Nottingham and Morgan Freeman as Azim are the standouts for me. And while I've never been a cost for any to enjoy this movie, yes, she's she's on point. Get her a podcast. Um, <laughs> good stuff by Danielle. Good. Jessica shit. says Robin Hood Fox greater than all of the Robin Hoods. <laughs> I wonder how she voted. Uh, <laughs> all right. I've got any, one from Mr. Mark Stepanek. Good. Fact number one, Morgan Freeman has always been a grown-up. His breakthrough roles came in 1989 when he was 52 years old. Fact two, this movie made $400 million at the box office, so it must be good, right? Fact three, Brian Adams was dead to me after this movie. Well, except for Summer of 69. Yep. Honestly, dude, outside of the song in this movie, that's the only other Brian Adams song I can even think of. Don't know him very much. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Jeff Weber says, I remember eating the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves cereal. It was apple cinnamon flavored arrows. <laughs> they made cereal? Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck. Nice. Did you read Bell, uh, Ben Belshaw yet? I have not. Let's give him a little love. You want to read or you want me to read? Go for it. All right. Mr. Ben Belshaw says... This movie strongly imparted two things to me when I was about 14. The first was that Kevin Costner was an irredeemably bad actor and that none of his other films were worth watching. Ouch, Ben. (laughs) I successfully avoided Costner until he was snuck into Man of Steel about a decade later. The second, since I watched this movie with several friends, was about a half-year period where whenever one of us slapped one another, which happened an awful lot, someone else would immediately shriek, That's my wife, Crown! (laughs) Apart from these blessings, this movie largely confused the fuck out of me. I had a Puffin Books edition of The Adventures of Robin Hood by Roger Lancelin Green, and this movie outright contradicted every detail of those stories. Will Scarlet, as Robin's brother, made me clench my 14-year-old fists in an early bout of nerdly rage. Fucking really so he was one of the exceptions of people who actually knew what the fuck this shit was supposed to be about. Yeah, exactly. He was the first MCU nerd. <laughs> um, and he said, and it only took about 30 minutes for me to realize that this was not the Robin Hood cinematic experience I'd waited most of my life for. I felt betrayed by this film in a way not often equaled since and uh, since, and I dare say, men in tights did Robin Hood more justice. I'm still waiting for a good Robin Hood adaptation, but know deep in my soul that the next one will feature profoundly unsettling humanoid foxes, courtesy of Disney. Damn each and every one of you who voted for this movie and forced me to remember its existence. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> Beautiful. I love it, Ben. Good stuff. 
Oh, um, right. Scott Cummings had a cool thing. He said, uh, I love seeing Robin a failed crusader about to lose his hand to a Saracen sword. That was so riveting to me as a kid. Um, he enjoyed the satanic confession and that they hung his father in a crow's cage. Nuts, he says. And Nuts. he says, I remember this growing up, Conan and Braveheart in this. That's funny because I, I, before Braveheart, it was Excalibur, Robin Hood, and Conan. <laughs> With a few <laughs> others in there, which I'm sure I'm forgetting. But um, pretty cool, man. Good listener comments this week. Awesome. Yeah, very good. Thank you, guys. Very nice. And uh, that concludes uh, this edition of uh, Science Fiction Film Podcast, Matthew, Prince of Thieves. Indeed. The poll winner is, uh, is now done. Uh, next week, we're going to be discussing the film Colossus, The Forbin Project. Ooh, I know you've all it. heard of it and can't wait. It's, a, it's apparently a pretty well-known 70s sci-fi movie. It's considered a top sci-fi movie, apparently. Not to but be honest, blind, everything I've read about it actually does sound really good. Uh, a blind spot for me, so I'm looking forward to it. So Colossus, The Forbin Project is next. Um, and then we're also going to be doing, uh, they're listening to this on Monday the 29th. And on this very day, Monday the 29th, as I'm speaking into the future here, ooh, creepy. Ooh. It's actually the 27th here, but ooh. Um, as, is, as you're listening to this on the 29th, Matthew and I are going to be recording Rambo First Blood Part 2 for the bonus feed. Good God, that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. We'll be back to X-Files on Wednesday. Getting back to some Trek talk soon as well. And uh, yeah, got a lot going on. So very exciting times, Mr. Anderson. Yes, indeed. Can't wait to right. watch that movie again. Awesome. Well, you guys have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side. Goodbye.